People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time, each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Crange alongside, as always, King of Banter, Kenta Kobashi of Sex, Reason and Well Explained Man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's going on? Those are the three you tend to go with lately. Yeah, I like those the best. King of Banter, Kenta Kobashi of Sex. Those are my three favorite. Yeah, the other ones are just like self-grandizing. I, believe it or not, the Kenta Kobashi of Sex is like one of the least <laughs> self-grandizing ones that you have. Um, How dare you? Well, because what are the other ones? The other ones are just factually incorrect. I mean, that's that's that, no, hold on now. <laughs> Okay. International, internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist as heard on BBC Radio. Okay, is that see, uh, was I not BBC Radio? No, what was the, what was the distinction of the BBC Radio? You can't thing? listen. You you love to downplay the as quoted in Forbes magazine. No, that one's total bullshit. But that, we'll go on. We'll get to that one here in a sec. But but I was legitimately on BBC Radio. Okay, friend. it was like legit BBC Radio. It wasn't some like weird satellite online only uh-huh. weird like corner of the. Listen, I wouldn't have reduced myself to something like that. I knew it was the big time, and that's why I did it. And our European listeners will confirm that it was the real, legitimate BBC Radio. They, okay. well, listen, they wanted the big. They wanted the big story. They came to the big dog, and they they booked Joel Lanza, and I was on BBC Radio. So that is not self grand. That one is a legitimate moniker, which for some reason you choose to ignore. Now, as quoted in Forbes magazine, again. These are just facts. I don't make <laughs> this is not a fact, though. It's Forbes.com and like their contributor portion. Did it say Forbes on the marquee? I did. Well, then there you go. I mean, facts are facts. <laughs> well, the you're facts not in the magazine, themselves. though. You know, you know, all right, whatever. Okay, all right. Yeah, sure. So I, I don't understand why. Look, those, I mean, Kenta Kobashi of sex, you can't really confirm that one. I mean, I can't. I've heard. I've heard some things, but yeah, and I cannot. I, the other things I can't confirm, you're right. I, I, those are, except for the Forbes magazine, it's Forbes.com, and it's a contributor section of Forbes.com. But Forbes if, on the marquee. Forbes yeah, okay. If you want to go with that, that's fine. So so Justin Bassaro writes for Sports Illustrated, uh, the, the magazine. Justin Bassaro is a Sports Illustrated writer. Okay, not, not SI.com. He's a Sports it, Illustrated. I, I, why do you have to knock people down? Do you have a self-esteem? <laughs> Frank DeFord and Justin Bassaro, neck and neck. Frank, um, Frank DeFord doesn't write for anyone because he's dead. No, I mean, the, back not, in the I'm aware like, of his current existence but or his demise. Thereof, but no he is actually is frank DeFord dead i didn't know that when did frank he DeFord? oh last year that's right i knew that yeah, yeah he's dead I don't know. 
He's he, yeah, he's he's dead. Do you ever go back and read a lot of because I, I do it for the over and back podcast. We'll go to SI uh the vault of, of Sports Illustrated's vault or whatever. And you remember how like just brutal sports and I mean brutal in like a good way, like sports writing used to be. Like Frank DeFord, if he thought you were a piece of shit, he just straight up said you were a piece of shit. Like it, it like no bones, no, hey, I'm not gonna get access, no one's gonna talk like straight up just like this guy sucks and he's a bad person. And like it's like, all right, cool. But he did it in a great way too. It was like in a very, you know, eloquent way where even if when he's talking shit about you, you're like, Well, it's Frank DeFord talking shit about me. I, I probably deserved it. Frank DeFord uh did in fact have balls. He was uh a ballsy sports writer. Uh like Justin Bassaro too. Justin Bassaro gets to the Cuts through the muck and gets the hard story, you know? Absolutely. And then <laughs> retracts it the very next week. <laughs> John Cena didn't really call that Ray Mysterio, or he didn't. Uh, whatever. <laughs> we we're going to publish both. Go with it. Yeah, that's uh, oh, Justin Bassaro. That's. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, you were mad that I, I called. Okay, you're right. I don't know about the Kent Kobashi of sex. That's that's one that you know I, I should Wait. go on the factual ones, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's when we do the Lance unfiltered wife swap, you can find out <laughs> right from the source. You know, right? I mean, I I have no fear. You could ask the lovely Brittany anything you like. Um, but yeah, you it, it's funny how you'll throw that one in, but the ones that are verifiable, you just ignore them. You know. There's got, what are some other ones? I, the reason I will explain man when I, I, I recently added to the, the rotation. Listen, reason and so. will explain man again. You can confirm that that has that, that has been stated factually by by uh, a great Twitter follower, a Galazzo Dan. Yeah. So again, um, he's one of the good lads. So I always try to put that in there. So because uh, the most, how about the most respected voice in wrestling media? Um, eh. again, that's yeah. straight from listeners. You yeah, know, I, I don't make it up. I, what listener I, though? That's not. Nah, I don't know about that. That's listener. not important. The point yeah. is, it was <laughs> <Okay. dated. laughs> It was a state, and and I don't make any of these. I don't even remember that one being said. Who even said that? You don't even remember. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter because someone said it. It doesn't. Matter. I don't remember. Okay. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Okay, all right. They're all. They're all. They're just most of the listeners are kind of like a faceless glob. I don't remember the name of the person who said that. You know, I'd probably have a better time recognizing their little Twitter gimmick. Don't you do that sometimes? You, re- oh, you know like who somebody, they are. Uh, who am I trying to think of? Somebody recently. Uh, oh, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, uh, David Bix is fan at David Bix. Changed yeah. his avatar. And I swear to God, it took me like five days before I was like, oh, that's Bix. Like, because people yeah. get it so like, like you mentioned Gonzalo Dan or whatever. If, if he ever changed whatever that weird, like, I forget what it is. It's some like weird puppet or I don't know what, even know what the hell it is. And someone's going to get mad at me and be like, I think it's some kind of video game monkey. Oh, you know, what? I think it's it from uh, it's like Ape Escape or something like that. It's some, some it's a video game monkey, I believe. Is that correct? Is it would that be a, a, a yeah, proper? That's what it is. He okay. can't change it now. No, if he changed it, I would never know who he was because that goes back to like the F4W board days that he's had that avatar. So if he changed it, it would be weeks before I would actually recognize him. That's right. Again, I hate when people change it. Like, do not at this point, if you've established it for years, you got to keep it. You got to go with I it. I think like, if you keep it longer than a month, you got to stick with it. You got to stay with it forever now. You know, I mean, you can't, you, you know, some people can rotate them in and out, but they never keep one super long. So it's and that's okay. fine. If you know, it's that type of guy that it's like the guy that switches them out or whatever. That, that's cool. Or like the people that change their usernames or whatever, but they change them all the time. And that's fine. Or the display names or whatever. That's cool. But if you're an established thing and all of a sudden you try to switch it up on me, no, 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 no. please. Yeah. You know, what and would have- I be if I was not the green egg? You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. If you all of a sudden there was the Lance's face, it would take years before anybody would recognize, you know, the not green egg, but, uh, a lot of good stuff uh, coming up. What are you saying about my face? No, I, I feel like well, you're throwing a no, slander no, no. there at my face. 
I got a tremendous face, my friend. <laughs> Do you want me to add that to your monikers? Yeah, Joe Lanza. The man a with a tremendous, tremendous face. face. Joe Lanza, a tremendous face. Hi, Joe. How's it I going? think we just created another one. Tremendous face. Okay. Tremendous I mean, face. The man with a <laughs> tremendous face. Absolutely. Can we could officially confirm that, though? Like, I mean, again, you know, ask around. Okay. All right. I got a tremendous face. This show's terrible. <laughs> All you right, got, let's get got that let's down go to the wrestling. Yeah, I got it. I, I wrote it. I wrote it down. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. I got. I got it written down. Don't worry. You're staying all of them next week. I'm gonna send them to you. Yeah. I'm gonna get the Excel file because okay. that's what it requires. You put it in an Excel file. You're not even a not even a doc. It's an Excel file. Know. Yeah, doc. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I don't know that, if it needs columns and rows. Like yeah. it's just a list of. <laughs> you know, maybe if you want to sort it in some way. I I don't know. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, ratings on there. You got star ratings, and you know charts of how many times i've used one or the other that it's not a bad idea though somebody should do that yeah i'll fun. share it on the google docs there and you can uh you, you will read off all of them next week i think that's only fair since you've been blowing off mm-hmm. i mean I've, i'm up to eight now with a tremendous face so you know so is the man with a tremendous face or just joe lanza a tremendous face how about the man with a tremendous face i like that okay that's a nice ring to that the man with the tremendous face. it's like a 1970s like heel Territory gimmick there, the man with the tremendous well, face. Listen, and- I've got you know a, a, the perfect combination of the rugged good looks and the deep blue eyes <laughs> that you just can't help but fall into. I have blue know? eyes as well. I didn't know that about you. So there you go. See, so we're the heartthrobs of the wrestling uh, podcast world. Uh, our, yeah, our beautiful right. blue eyes. So it's the deep blue eyes, Rich. You got to go with the deep blue eyes. I don't know the deep, the deep blue eyes that the ladies fall right into, or the men if that's your thing. Yeah, you know? I get that. Okay, but I guess one. it doesn't have to be. <laughs> see, terrible. Stop talking. The men can fall into them, even if it's not your thing, I guess. So, you know, you can't stop someone from falling into your deep blue eyes, you know? Right. It's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it just grabs you and you can't, you know, regardless of what your your, your, your preference is, it's just you, you get lost in them. So have you gotten compliments for your eyes over the years? Oh, all the time. Yeah, that's one of the. What's your most complimented things. body part? Um, over the- Probably the, the eyes. Yeah, the eyes for sure. The eyes and, and the voice. Yeah. Believe it or not, a lot of ladies like the voice. I don't know. I, I, I believe voice, it. But, I believe but it. a lot of oh, ladies. Oh, you got like, that. Like you Michelle has deep. said, like the first time she heard me talk, that's like the hook was oh. my voice. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, all right. I, I mean, I, I always thought Look it was that. clear. I, I hate the voice. I mean, I can't stand it, but I'm glad that, you know, the ladies like it. So No, I could see it. I, I, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I totally get it. Some girls like I have, the, uh, I have the butt chin. You have the butt chin as well, right? Yeah, but I fill it with hair. I do too. So I always have like, and, and like if I shit, people are like, oh, I love your butt chin. You should have it more. And I'm like, no, I hate it. Like it's like, it's like nobody loves part about my entire body. Like I hate the fucking butt chin. Yeah, it's a lie. It's a lie. I nobody know. Loves I say that. And I'm like, you're lying. There's no way you do. It's stupid. It looks dumb. And they're like, no, I like it. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't. You're just saying yeah, that. No, so like, because it's, it's unique at this moment because you never see it. You never see me with it. But I always have like stubble over it. I always have something covering it because, because I hate it and I cannot stand it. I feel like butt chins like went out of style and in, in terms of being something that was considered sexy in like the fifties. Like right, like Johnny United think- era, like the rugged, like manly man wearing like a leather jacket maybe could pull off the butt chin, but like I definitely cannot pull off the butt chin. Like what what am I, Kirk Douglas? Right, I don't, like I don't good I don't want to be chiseled. I'm not a chiseled good looking man. I'm a I don't know what you're Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. chiseled from granite. Now that's that's a look that I think has uh, a look from a, a bygone era, you know. But the butt chin's ugly. I gotta I gotta keep it filled in. No one has seen the butt chin in a very long time, uh, because <laughs> even even when I shave down, like because right now I go with like the two day growth. That's my move, okay. And I just keep it there with the trimmer, okay. So I go with the two day growth right now. But even when I trim that shit down to the skin, 
I keep the little Batista mini strip in the flavor saver. The you get the flavor saver going, yeah. Yes, because I, I will not reveal the butt chin to the public. I will not expose them to that. I feel like I should be carrying around a little mini toilet paper roll. You know, it, it's just gross. Nobody likes a butt chin. So you got to keep that shit filled. I had that little Batista strip going long before Batista, by the way. Okay. So no, I am not biting off international acclaimed actor, Dave right. Batista. 1-0 MMA competitor, Dave Batista. Uh, claims he's 48 for the last 10 years, Dave Batista. Yeah, that guy's been 48. Yeah, and now he's still. I swear to God, that guy's been 48 years old since 2006. <laughs> now, he looks great. I'm no, he looks awesome, yeah. That. He actually was younger than he did 10 years ago, which is uh, remarkable. He's a, he looks like a good looking older man who takes care of himself, you know, like he's, he's, but it's like, nobody knows how old he is. He's got a daughter that's like 30. Okay. It's like, I, I, I'm skeptical of the man's age. Okay. Clearly. I mean, if maybe he's taking the HGH and I got no problem. I with would that. assume he is Joe. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's no uh, taking something. Keeping him young. He's pretty you know? vascular for a man of his age. So I believe that, uh, pretty, that's uh, you know, true. Got those, uh, you know, makes you younger, they say, you know, if you could afford the uh, treat. But the man, I swear to God, like every time I read The Observer, Dave Batista, 48, and it has said that for like 10 years. I mean, why doesn't he ever have a birthday? You know, is he, is he, was he born on a leap year and he's only counting, he only adds an age every four years or something? I'm pretty close to that. I wish, I wish I was born on a leap year. I'm like two days away from being a leap year, which would have been incredible. I always told you my dream of like playing in youth basketball, even though I'm like my age now. Be you sweet. don't think that's a shitty birthday to have? Uh, the leap year birthday? Oh, no, it'd be terrible. No, it'd be terrible. When do you celebrate it? March I don't know. First? Yeah, like nobody would. I feel like I would just like not celebrate it or people would just like forget about it. And, you feel and, like you're getting ripped off if you wait till March 1st, right? Well, and that's it. That's what happens with the nurse, too, because her birthday is on December 27th. And at that point, like I'm I'm kind of done with, you know, buying gifts and going out and doing stuff. By December yeah. 26th, you're kind of over it. You yeah. got New Year's coming, so you're like, nah, I'm going to chill for this week. And it's like, you know, it's her birthday, and obviously you got to do it, but it's just like, ah, oh, man. December 27th? Yes. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So I just give her, like, a lot of Christmas gifts. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. That, that's for both. Just Anything, any birthday in the December 20s, you're getting ripped off because one of my future stepchildren, Rich, as you know, I'm getting married in a month. Did yeah, you know well, I was going to actually, let's crazy. circle back to that. Put a, put a pin in that because I have a question about yeah, the, uh, sure. the, future, the future marriage. So Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But you want me to finish my story? Finish your story first. One, yeah. one of the future like steps. It seems like you're on a good path here. So go. Yes. Go. One of the future steps. We have wrestling, by the way, to talk about his, at some point. But. His birthday is December 20th. Now, listen. That's all I right, told, though. That's I told not bad. Yeah, but listen. I told the lovely Brittany, I don't care what you say. This kid, <laughs> This kid's getting ripped off every year. You know damn well you're taking something from the Christmas pile and wrapping it in non-Christmas wrapping and sticking that and giving that that – to that poor kid for his birthday. He's not getting, he's never getting a birthday gift and Christmas gifts. It's coming right off that Christmas pile. And you know what? I'm all about that. It's going to save a buck. You know what I'm saying? And he'll never know the difference. And he'll never know the fucking difference. You know? Oh, this is for your birthday. Meanwhile, it just came right off the Christmas pile. You know, you just got to make sure you don't wrap it in like fucking candy cane wrapping or something. Oh, I just do that too. And like, I make Michelle, I'm like, you can save I'll I'll be like ah you know whatever you can decide to do half now and half you know two days later she never does she just opens it all on the same day so you, that that's, that's my point there. like as a you're saving money because you know you're taking her gifts from the Christmas pile oh yeah for sure you know what I mean 
it's like so that's a shitty week to be born yeah well like all of her family is like that same week or whatever very uneventive uh, <laughs> uh birthing <laughs> like her brother's like a day later you know whatever the dad's like not so everyone's like very much everyone's like banging in march in that family yeah and i think it's like the exactly their anniversary day is where <laughs> everybody does all the work which they're, they're once a <laughs> but uh uh, yeah, no, it's like, but so everything is the same. And then it's like, it's like weird because she always wants people to go out for her birthday too, for like the weekend of or whatever. But it's like either the weekend before New Year's, a few days before New Year's, and nobody wants to go out. Like everyone's like, nah, man, like I'm, I'm broke. I'm going to be drinking in a few days. Like I'm not going out for your birthday. So we've, we've adjusted. And, and like, I told her essentially just to move her birthday up like two or three weeks. It's like the beginning of December, maybe. And then I think yeah, more people would do it. Just no one knows. Like, yeah, no one, nobody cares. Nobody knows. Yeah, it's my birthday. Yeah. We're celebrating my birthday. Whatever. Like, all these right. are the people. These people will never know. You met them as adults. Exactly. Yeah, they don't care. Um, okay. The question I was going to say: Flavor Saver, the butt chin, is it coming out for the wedding? Are you clean shaven for the wedding? Have you I thought of this? Be, I, will, I will not be clean shaven. For oh the wow. Okay. Have, has, has that been discussed? That's been look, discussed. This, yeah, this is okay. my look. You know, I, I've okay. got the two day Joe Lanza, as I've described many times on the show. I look best with exactly two days worth of growth. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm peaking, you know? So I just keep it trimmed down to the two days worth of growth. Like I'm Don Johnson in 1986 on Miami Vice. (laughs) And that's where we keep things, you know? That's where we keep it. So I will not be shaving down. Um, We have not picked out my attire yet either. Uh, We're going to go out in a couple weeks. Suit or tux? I I enjoy Uh, the suit a lot more. There will be no tux. Remember, this is a a laid-back Vegas wedding. Um. In some, you know, dopey Vegas, you know, gimmicky chapel of some sort. I don't even know. She's doing all that. That's not my job. My job's done. She got the ring. That's I'm at, you know, that's it. My hands are clean. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I'm done. All I got in some way, sir. You can't just back You're up. Right. No. I need to get on the plane. That's my next job. Wow. Here, you know, my next job is to get on the plane. Um, you know, and show up, which I intend to do. And that's, you know, the, the attire will be selected. Her attire has already been chosen. That part's done. And that honestly, that's the harder part. You know, that was rich. That was a fucking nightmare. What do you think it is dress? I don't oh, fucking yeah. know. Uh, what are you asking me for? What do I look like? What am I? Uh, uh, what am I? Vera Wang? I have no idea what this <laughs> you, you decide. I like you <laughs> briefly try to figure out anybody that you knew in fashion and then just go to Vera Wang. I came up with one. Yeah. <laughs> you did, you did. Too. I did a nice job. <laughs> yeah, you gotta admit, that, was, that was quick thinking. You, you gotta stopped like for a second. You thought about it. It's good. You didn't jump into it. You took a second. Yeah. You know? And that's someone who actually designs wedding dresses. Right, you surmise, you surmise the, the the landscape a little bit. You know, looked at the play, looked at where everybody was sitting, where everyone's at, and then you know, I almost went. With, yeah. I almost went with Donna Karen, but Vera, Vera Wang was the better choice there because she actually does wedding dresses. But I'm like, look, I don't fucking know. Just like I don't know. I guess I guess that one's okay. And then it's like, well, anytime you say oh, I guess, then that means you don't like or, or whatever. Yeah, I can't yeah. deal with it. Just fucking pick one out. They all look fucking great. I don't know. Fine. Oh, that's fine. No, is it fine or is it good? Yeah, that's right. Fine (laughs) is bad. I guess is bad. Good is even not great. Is it? Well, is it good or great? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, there were a couple that I flat out hated and just said, "Hey, that's fucking shit. Don't you dare put that on your body because that's awful." And you know, you know, but they like that. You think that's? I'm I'm always that way. Oh, I always, I always put the hammer down. If you try something on, I'm like, that looks like shit, and you look like terrible in it. 
And like, and it's not being me being a jerk. I was like, I can lie to you and tell you right. I, yeah, you look good, even though I know you, you know, you don't, you know, you're going to not, and someone's going to say something or you're someone, you're going to notice something. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. You know, there's only two honesty. things. That's right. And, and, and luckily I, it looks like we're with women who appreciate that. There's only two levels I'm sure of that looks absolutely horrible. Or if you keep that on, we're having sex right now. Those are the <laughs> only two levels I have everything else in between you're getting, it looks fine. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I'm not Vera Wang, but I know when it's horrible. And I know when it's saying, fuck me. Those are the two things I know for sure. But that's it. I'm everything like, in between. Everything in between. Like you look cute. Yeah. Like a fucking blur. I, I, <laughs> you're not getting a solid opinion out of me. So you're either changing and putting on something that looks fine or we're having sex and then we're going out. That's just how it works. You know? So yeah, we're gonna do some wrestling here. We are, yeah. I was gonna, I was, I, was, I, I should put a tally here. You have mentioned Don Johnson, what Kirk Douglas and Vera Wang so far has been name dropped. This is like a 20, 2013 the show. With Twenty minutes wrestling. of Voices of Wrestling has Don Johnson, Vera Wang, Kirk. Was it Kirk Douglas or Kirk Russell? Kirk Douglas. Kirk, Kirk, Douglas. Uh, okay. Kirk Douglas has the fucking the gimmick in his. Well, Kirk Russell. Kirk Russell has one too. They both have butt chins. You can go with either one of I was those. Say, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure which one you picked. Okay. That's. So we'll toss up because I don't remember what you said either. He's, All right, guy, we'll, he's, been, he's been with Goldie Hawn for years and they never got married and they're still together. That was the key to their Hollywood arrangement, never getting married because they've been together like 30 years. And uh, if you remember, Rich, they yeah, were in Goldie the, Hawn on the list too. Here we go. Nice. Okay. Keep they, were, they were in the classic comedy Overboard together. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one, but Goldie Hawn. I have never seen Overboard, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. She was the rich aristocrat and she falls off the side of a yacht, right? And she was she treated Kurt uh, you know Kurt Russell who who you know he was a blue collar guy you know and, oh you know what I'm li- I lie I actually just watched like an hour of that movie yeah it's a great movie right yeah so, no I was, so I was like dude it was some Saturday it was on or whatever I, it was just like I turned the TV on for the dogs or something was doing work and the movie was and now I remember it to it see now that you I never I forget I didn't know that it was the name of it or whatever oh, I ended up watching like an hour of it I was just like it's a good movie though and like yeah. He's got like a million bratty kids, and but she, the premise is like she gets amnesia when she washes up. Right, 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 right. And he's like, I'm gonna get her back and tell her that she's my wife, right? So he moves her in, and she's living like the slum life with him, and that's kind of the premise. And of course, hilarity ensues, you know. So, they, did you know they're remaking Overboard? Oh dear God, really? Because you know they can't write an original movie in Hollywood anymore. They're remaking Overboard, and it's starring Anna Faris who you would think would do a good job in the role of Goldie Hawn. I thought to myself, well, this is a good fit. Anna Faris can do very well, even I'm though I am very disturbed her. to try to figure out who the, the man is. Do I even want to know? Even, oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting to that. So I'm like, even though I hate that they're remaking Overboard, because Overboard doesn't need to be remade. You need to leave that alone because there's nothing wrong with that. There's no way you can make it better. I said, if you're going to remake it, Anna Faris is a pretty damn good Goldie Hawn. I'm all about it. But then, you know what I found out, Rich? They reverse the roles. Anna Faris is the blue collar, slumming it up, poor person. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it's a dude that falls off the side of the yacht, and she tells him that he's the husband. And uh, so, um, now look, if you're gonna change it around that much, just make a different. Just make a different movie. You could be like a guy. You, you could. Nobody's gonna really know if it's just like a movie that's about a boat and stuff. You could. You could do it and not call it Overboard. You know. It's, it's, really it, know that annoys me. That. That's not. A yeah. remake of Overboard. That's a movie a lot like Overboard that you're now making. I I, I I hate that shit. Therefore, I am boycotting the new Overboard. Oh Reggie. no! There you go. 
Look at this man. I don't even know who it is. Eugenio Derbez. I don't even know who the fuck this is. I think don't he's care. a Hispanic right. actor he because the premise is he is a Spanish aristocrat, I believe, in the in the film. So that's the idea here. Alberto Del Rio. They could just gotten Del Rio. He's he's available. You know, got that. All right. Let's talk. That's my wrestling connection. All right. One thing we want to talk about before we get to we are, we're we're going to talk New Japan 46th anniversary. Uh, ROH has got their pay per view coming up. Preview the New Japan Cup. I got the all-in show this weekend. You got WWE Fastlane. So a lot of stuff coming up this weekend, a lot of news. Uh, one thing we did want to talk about, though, you sort of mentioned earlier about the uh, the Lands Unfiltered Wife Swap episode on, on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Well, we got something special coming up this weekend. We have finally carved out a time to do this. This is a segment we promised from the beginning uh, of the Patreon, and we're going to do it this weekend. It's going to come out. Joe, what are we doing this weekend? Joe and Rich recommend matches to each other. We couldn't come up with a better name, so that's the name. We were trying to figure it out, and we're like, you know what? Let's just <laughs> it is what it is. Now, this was a very, very popular segment on this very podcast, and we did it for about, I don't know, two months straight or something like that a few years ago, but we simply never had time to do it again, so we had to drop it, which is where the subscription tier comes in because the subscription stuff is for all the shit that we don't have time to do on the free show, so we are bringing it back, and I don't know if we're going to do it semi-regularly, regularly, but we're going to do the first one this weekend. And what we're going to do is we're going to give each other two matches each. Okay. The old format would give each other one match each. We're going to give each other two matches each. We got a couple days to watch them. Um, I'm pretty sure Rich has never seen the two matches I'm going to give him. I have no idea what he's given me. We don't know what matches we're giving each other yet. We're going to do that right now because this way, as listeners, you can have a few days to go you know, uh, track down these matches. We'll tell you how to watch them. And then you will have seen the matches before you listen to us review the matches that we give each other. So uh, that's the way that we'll set it up. And uh, I'm sure that we'll be doing this gimmick, uh, you know, more moving forward. We just don't know exactly how often. Right. And 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 just to be clear, the reason we're kind of mentioning it now and, and stuff is we're not going to watch the matches live and commentate on them or whatever. It's not going to no. be like a watch through or whatever. We're going to watch them and sort of come back with our thoughts. You know, be Joe, yes. hey, here's my, your first match. Here's what I thought of it. You're going to interject, talk about it so that we do it in that sense. So you, you can watch it ahead of time with us and sort of follow along as we talk about them. But it's not something where we're going to be like, all right, now click play on the network. And there we go. We might do stuff like that later. But this particular segment is not that this is we we, we recommend them. We watch them and then we review them uh, a few days later. Yeah, and if you're a longtime listener, you remember this. It it was a segment that everybody loved. So, uh, and people asked about it um, after we stopped doing it. So we're gonna bring it back. And when I give Rich his matches, I'm not gonna tell him why I chose these matches because I want to save that for the show and see if he picks up on the same things I picked up on and if he picks up on the reasoning that I picked them. So in my case, I'm just going to straight up name the matches, leave it at that. I'm going to give you the match. I'm going to give you the date. I'm going to give you how to watch it. And uh, and I guess Rich will do the same. And then everybody listening will have time. And if you haven't subscribed to us, this will be on the $5 tier, the $5 tier uh, subscription tier on Patreon. Um, the $2 tier, again, is strictly for the overrun segments. Everything else we do uh, is available on the $5 tier. In addition to the overrun, everything is on the $5 tier. All right, Joe, you ready to give me your recommendations? All right, yeah. So your first match you're going to watch. Do you have a pen yeah. handy, my friend? I got a Google Doc. Really, it would be impossible for me to just text this to you later. So <laughs> no, you, need I... to, you need to just know, you need to, to, to make a note now. But if you're, if you're listening to the show, these are the matches that Rich is going to watch. I am recommending to Rich. Okay, okay. match number one. Harley Race oh, versus – no, 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 no. 
Harley Race. This is not a 60-minute NWA Broadway. Okay, good. I was like, God damn you. <laughs> Harley Race versus Leaping Lanny Poffo. Oh, down to his own. That's Donald right. Jones, very own, yeah. He went to Rich's high school. Yeah. Uh, from six- I talked to him many times before. There you go. From uh, 6-14-1986, Madison Square Garden. You can find that on the WWE Network. Now, Rich, I would like to make a note to you and to the listeners who, 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 who are going to watch this match when you search for it. I'm almost positive that it's on the network twice because it aired on primetime wrestling. But I also think that this particular MSG show is in the vault. Do you see what I'm saying? So okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You might want to just, I don't know, usually on primetime they didn't clip matches, but you never know. I would just go, if, if my to information is correct, yeah. go to the vault and find the match because you know you're for a fact you're going to get it in its entirety. If you watch it, the primetime wrestling feed, it might even get interrupted with a commercial. They would do that sometimes where they would do the commercial in the middle of the match. So I didn't research this before, but I know for a fact it's on there at least once and possibly twice. So Harley Race versus Leaping Lanny Poffo, June 14th, 1986, Mass Square Garden, WWE Network. That's match number one. Okay. Okay. Match number two. You're going to have to go to New Japan World for this one. Okay. Satoshi Kojima versus Manabu Nakanishi from March 24th, 1994, Young Lions Cup final. All right. Okay, you got it? Yep. Satoshi Kojima versus Manabu Nakanishi, March 24th, 1994, Young Lions Cup final. That is on the network. I'm sorry, on New Japan Japan World in its entirety. And as as a note to you and the listeners, do not click out when the match ends. Watch the post match stuff. Okay. Because I want to talk about that as well. Okay, good. That's fun picks there. Okay, I'm glad this isn't a Harley race. When I heard Harley, I was like, oh, no, Joe. Don't I don't do believe this. it. My heart would have went into no, my no. throat, too. But then, then Leaping Lanny is great. So every, everything with Leaping Lanny I enjoy. So this is one that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. And then uh, Kojima Nakanishi. I've seen a lot of young Nakanishi. I haven't seen that much of young Kojima, so I'm pretty excited to see that. I've heard about this match, but I've actually never – I don't think I've ever seen it. So I'm pretty excited to, to do that. So uh, my two matches I'm fairly certain you have seen, but they both sort of – have come up recently in my mind and I've thought about them recently and they're matches that I think would be fun to sort of explore and talk about a little bit. Uh, the first recommendation comes from, it's going to be on the WWE network for you. Uh, this is going to be on uh, the, the December 27th, 1993. This is Starcade 90, 1993 from WCW. Uh, it's the main event, Ric Flair versus big van Vader title versus career. Right. Now, I'm fairly certain you've seen this match. I don't, know, I don't know how long it's been since you've seen it, but uh, I actually jumped. So I don't know what caused me to all of a sudden say, hey, I'm going to watch a bunch of 1993 WCW. But I just one day just started watching a, a few days ago a ton of 1993 WCW. And I was going through and, and really enjoying that era a lot more than I remember enjoying even a few years ago when I checked it out. Particularly this match, I think, is a really fun, important one because it's a big time in Ric Flair's career. He was coming back from, from WWE where obviously things did not go very well. He talked about his lack of confidence at the time or whatever. And this one is, is, is just – and, and people that have not seen this will, will immediately be taken aback by the crowd, uh, the emotion, and, and, and just a lot of the, the stuff inside of it too. And Vader is fucking awesome at this time too. So it, it was really great. I, I was really glad when I, I stumbled upon it again. And then you know I, I finished watching it and went back and looked at what other people thought about it and was amazed that like Dave went really high on it and – there's kind of some conflicts online. Like some people love it. Some people hate it or whatever. The people that I really more times than not agree with all loved it. And so I was glad to kind of see that, but yeah, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on that. And, and also the listeners too, because I think it's a really fun match. If you haven't seen it before to kind of jump into, um, 
And our second one was because when I went over this fast lane card, uh, there's one match in particular we'll talk about that was just like looked like the absolute dirt fucking worst match that I could ever, ever imagine in my head. And it's happening at fast lane. And then it got me thinking about one of the competitors, WrestleMania season. John Cena was talking about, you know, possibly facing the Undertaker or whatever. And I was thinking, you know what? There was a time where that guy that I cannot stand and I wish was just so off my TV was awesome. And the Undertaker could still kind of go as well. And it had some pretty fun matches. So I'm talking about WrestleMania 21, Joe. Randy Orton versus The Undertaker. Now, I, I'm positive you've seen this match before. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen it, but I'm kind of curious on your thoughts of it if you haven't seen it recently. And, and, and just kind of, again, listeners' thoughts of what they think about it as well. This is one of my favorite... I don't want to say it's one of my favorite matches ever, but it's certainly up there. As far as WrestleMania matches go, I fucking love this match. There's a lot to really enjoy about it, a lot to dig into. We'll talk about kind of the history, all the background, the streak, and how important the streak was at this point. It, it hadn't become passe at this point. It was still kind of something they had just recently developed. And Randy Orton, man, he was on fire at this time, too. He was really good. The character, the legend killer was all working and stuff. So really curious to go back and watch this with you. I have not seen this one in a few years, but I remember loving it back in the day. I remember loving it a few years ago when I watched it. So I'm kind of curious what you and I think about that one. So that is uh, WrestleMania 21. I don't have the date. Oh, let me get the date in front of me right now. Uh, da, 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 da. That is April 3rd, 2005. Randy Orton versus The Undertaker, WrestleMania 21. And then my other match was Starcade 1993, December 27th. Uh, Michelle's birthday, <laughs> 1993. Uh, Ric Flair versus Vader, title versus career for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. All right, you got him? I got him. I think Hopefully that... Let's see. We've got old school WWF. We've got New Japan. Uh, we've got WCW, and then we've got some WWE. That's good. Yeah. See, we don't talk about these before. This is. I had no idea what Joe was going to pick. He had no idea what I was going to pick, and I think we got a nice little uh, little intersection there of of stuff. But yeah, we'll uh, try to pick things that are easily accessible too, so that the listeners can watch them because it's a lot more fun if they watch the matches too and then have their own opinions. Yeah. So, like, unfortunately, we t- we tend to kind of skew a little bit more to New Japan World, what's stuff that's readily available on YouTube, WWE Network, or whatever, just because it's easier for you guys. Versus yeah. me being like, hey, you know, uh, I got this awesome ROH DVD from 2004 and I want you to watch, you know, Roderick Strong versus Austin Aries or whatever. It's like, all right, dude, like, I'm not going to be able to see that. Like, There's nowhere I can right. get that unless I torrent it or I have the DVD. So that's not very fun. So we try to find things that are a little bit more available. So if you're like, oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah you picked like That's a big reason why. We want you guys to watch and, and listen along. I think us, this so. is a good mix of matches, though. I'm, yeah, I like I it. Yeah, we got a few different areas. We got 86, 94, 93, and then what, 2005, 2004, 2005, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got a you know a couple big time main events. We've got like an undercard, grimy undercard match, and, and then some young lions. So there's a little bit of variety too. But that's uh, what the hell's the address of the Patreon? But then just search for Voices of Wrestling. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling. Yeah, so, there you go. Or just yeah, type in Voice Wrestling Patreon. You should be able to find it either. But it's Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling. So uh, let's let's get into the, the meat and potatoes of the show. By the way, this is a sponsor free show, so you don't have to worry about that. No sponsors coming up for you. Sponsor free for the rest of the show, so that's all nice and good. But of course, we'll say Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling once again, so you know about that. All right, let's get into. Yeah, we're working for free here. So yeah, subscribe. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good jerks. We need to. You know, okay. All right, New Japan 46th anniversary uh, Monday morning, uh, the fifth. Uh, it was kind of weird it being on a Monday, and I think that sort of contributed to a lot of the buzz. This was a late buzz show. You know, you know what I mean? Like, we always talk about kind of the VOD, the VOW buzzometer and 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 things. Like, 
there was not a lot of people tweeting about it the morning that I woke up and and really throughout the day you didn't get much. But that evening it started to kind of ramp up a little bit. You could tell people were waking up, maybe watching it at work, watching it later as the day went on or whatever. Whereas usually you wake up and there's just a flood of things. Those weekend shows, the Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings or whatever are filled with stuff. I, I don't know about you if you had that same experience, but like nobody was talking about it at the beginning and then everybody was talking about how nobody was talking about it. And then like, you know, within 10 hours or whatever, it was being talked about. But it was weird. It was it was a slower rollout. And I think a part of it too is just it, it wasn't, as publicized of a show, but I think overall it was a very fun show, top to bottom. And I, I think you have some more thoughts about that as well. We're going to go match by match here in a little bit, but uh, overall, what do you think of this entire show? I think to speak to your point about the lack of buzz early on, I think the anniversary show isn't seen as a major show by a lot of people. Right. Um, which I don't know if that's necessarily fair. I mean, this was more of a loaded lineup than you'll usually get on the anniversary show. I will admit that. But, uh, you know, I think there's no IWGP title match and, and it's, it's not seen as, you know, forget the big like four or five, forget the G1 final or Wrestle Kingdom, obviously, or Sakura Genesis or, or King of Pro Wrestling. Those are your biggest of the biggest. But I don't even think people see this show on the same level as, you know, a destruction show, for example, or, or something like that, or a best of the Super Junior final. I think they see the the anniversary show on the same level as like a New Japan Road or a Dantaku or something like that. And I just don't think, I think that contributes to, I don't think there's, I have to watch this live or I have to use up a sick day and watch it immediately. No, I think people wait till they get off of work or they wait a couple of days. I waited a couple of days. I didn't watch that. I, I might've been the last person uh, to watch this show. Yeah, I you mean, were talking I, about I, this morning and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> this thing happened yeah, I mean, this morning was a rewatch, to be fair. Okay, um, okay. The, you know, I watched it like two days ago, but I didn't have my full attention on it. So I wanted to um, – I, I had enough attention on it to where if I was just a fan, it would have been fine. But if you got to come on the air and talk about it for an hour, you have to – you know what I mean. Yeah. So I had to rewatch it again with full 100% attention and my notebook out and take some notes. But um, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, so I think that that contributes to that. But as far as uh, the, the show goes, I mean – to me, um, I, I have a rule, and I tweeted about this earlier. I can't. I'm uncomfortable calling something a show of the year contender if it doesn't have a match of the year contender on it. That's just a personal thing of mine. But for a show that did not that did not have a legitimate match of the year contender on it, it doesn't get much better than this. I mean, it was an easy watch. It was three hours that felt like ninety minutes, and it was the crate special where everything at minimum to me was good. Everything was three stars or better or three and a quarter stars are better. Mm-hmm. And and nothing nothing was a slog to get through. Every match was enjoyable, like legitimately enjoyable without having to search for things to enjoy about it. And it was a it was it was an it was a it was a show where it felt like everybody was working hard, everyone looked healthy, everyone looked like they were in a good mood. Um I don't know and and you know my my initial thought was, you know, a lot of times with New Japan if they kind of have, you know, sometimes they have the big show at the beginning. It's the first show of the tour. Every now and then they'll do that. Or they'll have a standalone big show with no tour attached. And if you go back, a lot of those shows, there's a little extra step in everybody's, uh, you know, and every, you know, it's because they're fresh. They haven't, they're not coming off a grueling tour. Everyone is, is, you know, their bodies feel good. And that's what I attributed this to because I had no idea that there were three or four, it turns out that there were three or four shows leading up to this that I didn't even know about. They had a little mini tour. So that kind of destroyed my narrative there, but uh, yeah, top to bottom. I mean, this is 
as good as a show can be without having a true match of the year contender on it, in my opinion. Yeah, and it was a light watch as well. It's one of those ones, like, sometimes a New Japan show can just feel, like, so draining on you. When it's done, you're just like, oh, thank God. It's over. Like, you enjoy it when it's done, but, like, you click out and you're like, oh, thank God. Like, you need a shower afterwards. Like, it just felt like it was, you had to pay attention and, and focus and everything was just so long and and big and, and kind of, you know, drawn out or whatever. This one wasn't that way. It was a pretty light watch. I mean, the match is all kind of all were around 15 minutes. Like, all your big-time matches around 15 minutes. Your main event obviously goes 25 or whatever, but everything kind of felt like just the right amount of length. There was some difference in the top of the car, too, particularly with Taichi being, being in a big spot. So that felt like, okay, this is different. This is new. This is unique. And obviously, Osprey being in the main event was different and unique or whatever. So it felt like there was a lot of new players atop. You know, you had the Minoru Suzuki, who's still on, on, on a grind and, and really doing a great job. We'll talk about his match here in a little bit. You know, the junior tag match, which which was different in, in a lot of ways, too. So everything kind of felt new and fresh on the show, too. So, yeah, it was a light, easy watch. And like you said, it was one of my specials where it's like, no, I don't think anything was spectacular on the show. I don't think anything made my list. I don't think anything is like anything I'm going to go back and watch at the end of the year, or whatever. But it was all good, and that's really my favorite shows. I'll take I'll take a match with a match of the year contender and a bunch of shit. Oh, you know, I, I'd rather this than that sort of show. And that's weird because it sucks because, you know, of course I want the match of the year contender. I like, you know, a big time match that I watch and I go, oh, my God, that was incredible. And, oh, my God, you know, I, I can't wait to see this again. But sometimes it's nice just to sit down and for three hours, everything's fine and it's good and it's OK. And you can leave and you're like, ah, that was that was I enjoyed those three hours. Like that was good. It wasn't as voluminous as sometimes some New Japan shows can be. And I, I enjoyed that about this show. Um, let's let's maybe go from the top and, and work our way down because I think that's probably the best way to do it. Okada versus Osprey. Now, this is a match that's. I don't want to. I don't know. I guess what the the rest of the internet world is sort of thinking. I in my little bubble, and I don't know if you've sort of seen this as well. It's kind of polarizing. There's a lot of people that really loved it, and there's a lot of people that didn't like it as much. And, and there seems to be a lot of people in that in between. A lot of flip flopping. I've seen people go as hard as or as as high as five stars. I've seen people at like two and three quarters and three and and stuff. So it seems like there's a large variation of what's on this match and and, and what people are thinking about it. Have you sort of experienced a similar thing with this this Okada Osprey match? Yeah the the opinions are all over the board, and I do have a theory for that. Okay. Um, and I think they're going to be all over the board on, on when we talk about it here in a sec as well. So that'll be uh, fun. Yeah, Okada has a lot of detractors, as you know. There's plenty of people who think he's boring, this and that. Will Ospreay has a ton of detractors as well. They think he's a flippy-do guy and he lacks psychology. We talk about both of those things ad nauseum. Yeah, they're both individually polarizing on their own. So Very yeah. polarizing wrestlers, and I think but, – but even more so than that. I think if you did a Venn diagram of the people who don't like Okada and the people who don't like Willow Spray, it would almost be a perfect circle. I, I do believe that there's similar kinds of fans who just don't like both guys. Do you, do you think I'm on to something with that or do you think I'm totally off base? Because no, I, I, think, I tend to think that it's it's very similar, the, the, the groups yeah. that, that, that don't like. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that really loves Okada and hates Osprey, but or, or groups that really love Osprey and hate Okada. I think it's very yeah. – a lot of the same people are, are going to be, yeah, definitely uh, in, the same, guy, right. yeah, in, the same, in the same group there. So then when you have that dynamic and they're wrestling each other, you've got a whole lot of people going into a match ready not to like, or, you know, they're prepared to not like it. And that's not to say that I think the people who didn't like it aren't being fair. I'm just saying that, look, and I'll say this about myself too. Sometimes when you go into a match, not expecting to like it, or not even, or even not wanting to like it. We're all human beings. If it doesn't blow you away, you're not going to like it, and you're gonna, and you're, you're, you're going to give it a negative review. So I do think some of the super lower end, you know, ratings or reviews that that that, that are going around, 
are from people who just aren't invested in either guy. Rich, it's hard to enjoy a match if you're not invested in either guy. I mean, that's just, we're all human beings. So I do think there's some of that. It wasn't any kind of blow away, super match of the year contender like we were hoping for last week. So if it didn't blow people away from that perspective to where they would look foolish if they said they didn't like it, then I can totally see why someone didn't enjoy this match. So um, I don't know where you want to start here, um, but but I did like the match. I didn't think it was – I guess I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I, I didn't think it was a match of the year contender or anything like that. I went four and, four and a quarter on it. Um, there was – it didn't have – I think it was – a crazy, wacky, typical Kazuchika Okada slash New Japan hot closing stretch away from being a great match. You didn't get that. I think the reason you didn't get that was Will Ospreay is a junior. Kazuchika Okada is who he is, the most dominant IWGP champion uh, You know, uh, in modern times. I mean, I think they've presented him as more dominant than Tanahashi. I think it's clear they're having him chase Tanahashi's defense record. Um, so... You, I think the idea was you can't really have do that sort of closing stretch with the junior. Um, so they didn't do that. Now, um, the, 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 the finish itself in a vacuum was a little bit flat, but it did come off the heels of what I thought was an incredible spot where Willow Spray is coming off backwards from the middle rope to do an os cutter and Okada uh, you know, uh, reverses the os cutter with a tombstone pile driver. And then the very next spot, is Osprey reversing the Rainmaker into the powerbomb. That's that those two spots back to back blew my fucking mind. Uh, those are incredible spots. And the match had a bunch of other super innovative things that I'd never seen before. And I'm a big fan of useful innovation. And when I say useful innovation, I mean innovation that makes sense. Anyone could get in the ring and do a bunch of crazy shit that's never been done before, but it doesn't make sense in the context of the match. It doesn't make sense uh, within the world of uh, kayfabe. But these two guys went in there and did a lot of stuff, a lot of reversals, a lot of creative uh, things that I'd never seen before that made sense in the context of their match. Um, it, but, you know, it, and to me, it was an excellent match. I mean, four and, four and a quarter, that's an excellent match. You'll take that out of every match. But it was lacking something to be to to take it from excellent to incredible and i was expecting this to incredible it didn't meet my bar um but it was still to me an excellent match i thought it was better than a rev pro match from 2014 uh which i think i had at four flat or three and three and three quarters maybe um and 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 i do think you know it was a better match than that and i do think it was a quality main event uh, but it just didn't get to I, – I, I fully expected these two to go out there and have a match of the year contender, and they did not do that. Now, you are going to present the point of view. You hated this match. I hated it. Despised it. No, and this is one of those, <laughs> those matches where, like, you know, I mean not loving it equals hated it, but it, it was – I don't know. I just never really quite got into it. The, the finishing stretch, and you mentioned the few spots right there. The finishing stretch was awesome. Last three minutes, last four or five minutes or whatever were awesome. And I'm really into it. And I like the beginning as well. There was kind of the, you know, Osprey chance. And he sort of shows himself as, as being kind of confident and cocky at the beginning. I enjoyed that. So I enjoyed the beginning. I enjoyed the end. The middle just didn't do anything for me. And I think a lot of the big issue was I went into it expecting like, like a lot of people. And I think you sort of alluded to a little bit, a little bit more of the Osprey 
Osprey doing a lot of the, the the Osprey high flying and Okada doing a lot of the the throwing bombs type stuff. And I understand why they didn't do that. I get that it's a junior versus a heavyweight, and I get why you maybe in the context of that wouldn't want that to be the story. You want to prove that you know and, and and really show that there's a heavyweight and there's a junior and there's a class difference between those two. But a lot of the stuff in between that was just like they were doing a lot of the groundwork. And and again, it makes sense in the context of the story. Okada was trying to ground Osprey. He knows that he can't fly with, with Osprey and that the best strategy against Will Osprey is to keep him on the ground, to keep him, you know, not doing all his shit, keep him grounded, keep him, you know, level or whatever. And and I just, again, like you can understand the match and appreciate what they were trying to go for and then still not really enjoy it because you sort of want something different out of the match. And that's where I am with this. I don't hate it. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was awful. It just wasn't what I wanted from these two. And that's possibly on me. That's partially on on my expectations of what I went going in, but I was kind of happy to see that other people had the same thing with me. It was like, Oh man, this is not exactly what we expected this to be. And and you can fully understand why it wasn't that. And you can fully understand and, and, and respect the story that they were trying to tell, but understand that it didn't just quite work. And I think one of the problems, too is in the build osprey was really putting himself over as like hey i'm gonna prove that i'm this i'm gonna prove that i'm that or whatever and i think he showed that he could sort of hang with them and you know they went nearly 30 minutes nearly went to the time limit or whatever but at no time did it feel like osprey at any point had okada on the ropes it felt like okada was just kind of playing around with him a little bit osprey would have a few little things and then okada just kind of put him away you know almost nonchalantly and that i think bothered me a little bit i i i'm not saying i wanted osprey to win i'm not saying osprey had to you know get a bunch of different two counts on him and and okada just slip out of there but i just wanted osprey to feel like he belonged a little bit more and at the end i don't know that he necessarily did i think he belonged in the middle portion of the match when okada was just kind of fucking around and doing bridges and and doing stuff but when okada really wanted to get into what his stuff was and start throwing the brainmakers and throwing the drop kicks or whatever osprey really didn't stand a chance and i think that's something that kind of bothered me a little bit is i just wanted a little bit bit more of that back and forth i look at that Devitt tanahashi for, for me uh, a few years ago that's that's kind of the, the 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 one that everybody sort of looks at the pillar of these junior versus heavyweight matches and that was prince Devitt proving on that night oh my god he nearly got tanahashi and that dude belongs that dude is a made man and he's ready to go whenever they want to pull the trigger on him as a heavyweight or whatever i don't feel that with osprey i feel like okada fucked around worked osprey this one month and now osprey can just go right back on his dainty little way and move on and that kind of bothers me i was ready for it to be that next moment for Osprey. And again, that's again, my expectations that night might not have been what they wanted to do, but that can sort of go into how you judge a match. I mean, I, I came in with expectations, came in with a thought of what I thought the match was going to be, use some of the build that's sort of back up what I thought the match was going to be, and then come away a little disappointed that they didn't deliver what you sort of expected them to, to deliver, but still respect that it was worked as smartly. It was worked fine, but not really love it. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. To be fair, they were moving that match was designed to help move Devitt up. No, so, no, and I know, I know. And, and, but I understand your point. Now, let me ask you this. Let's have a philosophical conversation here. Do you think it's fair to grade harder on a main event? And before you answer that, if this same exact match happened on the mid card of an AAW show, would you have gone higher on it? Oh, absolutely. So you do think it's fair to grade harder on a main event or grade harder when the expectations are higher? Yeah, I'm I'm always that side of a guy too. Yeah. I'm always the guy who comes in with 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 high. And I mentioned it last week that I came in with such high expectations that I I felt that I was probably going to be disappointed unless it was like next level grade or whatever. And it wasn't. It was just kind of whatever. And, and and so that's where I kind of come. So I do. I definitely grade on that curve of okay, it's a main event. It's two guys that I love. I love both these wrestlers like individually. These are two of my favorite guys going today. So when you add that into a main event of a show, a build that I thought was really good, when it comes away and it's just okay. I'm going to probably grade that less than if I had no expectations going in 
and it just so happened to be on a random New Japan Cup show or whatever, and these two have the same match. No, it's probably going to be graded differently, but the way it was built, weeks of build, main event, you know, big-time show, big-time match or whatever against two of my guys, yeah, it's going to be one that you're definitely going to sort of adjust your expectations to. So, yeah, I was disappointed by it, but fully uh, ex- knowing that, yeah, in, in, in a vacuum, I probably would have rated it higher. Yeah, we all use the curve, and I think we should acknowledge that. I mean, anybody who reviews rates or even in their own mind, you know, uh, you know, rates matches. I mean, everybody uses a curve. And I think because look, look at it this way. And um, it's like if if there's a, you know, match on, you know, main events, WWE main event, I'm talking about, um, and it goes two and three quarters, you're probably going to come away from a two and three quarter match on main event and say, ah, that was a. Pretty good TV match. I enjoyed myself. I don't regret watching WWE main event this week because Rhino and Dash Wilder had a two and three quarters match. And damn it, I got a smile on my face and I'm going to go to work or go bang my girlfriend or do whatever it is you're going to do the rest of the day. And and you you didn't waste your time watching that match. Now, if there's a two and three quarters pay-per-view main event, you know, at WrestleMania or at, you know, Backlash or, you know, uh, you know, whatever, or, or, or new Japan anniversary, you know, if this was a two and three quarter match, it's bad thing. Even though it's the same rating as the Rhino dash Wilder match. Okay. If John Cena and Finn Balor, you know, have a main event on a pay-per-view and they go two and three quarters, everyone's ripping it to shreds. So why is one, two and three quarter match considered a success and an enjoyable match? And the other two and three quarter match considered a failure and a shitty match. It's because we all grade on a curve, right? And 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 we need to acknowledge that. And I think even if we're watching different styles of wrestling, you know, we're grading on a curve. I talk about it all the time, and I've been very open in the fact that I am harder on Dragon Gate. I have seen countless Dragon Gate six man tags where I'll give them a three in a review, but if that was on a WWE show, I'd give it four and a quarter because I'm harder on Dragon Gate. I feel like the working standard is higher. The style is 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 it's like, and I'm not saying that's even fair, but for whatever reason, when I see an undercard Dragon Gate six man, it's like they do it every show. They've raised their own bar, so you you've got to go if you're a Dragon Gate six man match. It's got to be above and beyond to make a bigger impression on me. Whereas if six WWE undercarders had the same exact match, well, shit, it would blow me away. I've always said that. I've always said that if there was ever a raw six man tag as good. As your average Dragon Gate Corican six man undercard match, it would get talked about for years as an absolute classic. Oh, people would yeah lose their shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the style isn't something you see. First of all, it'd be different. I mean, look, I have the perfect example: the ROH Dragon Gate six man that won match of the year because no one had been exposed to it before. It blew everybody away. Now, look, that one was really fucking good. But Dragon Gate fans will tell you that wasn't the best Dragon Gate match that year. Wasn't the best. Some people say, I, I think, I, if, if I remember correctly, those guys had a match like either earlier or later in the year that people like more than that. Yes. They're actual hardcore Dragon Gates. Like those literal guys in that match. Now, I don't, I do, now, if you want me to try to remember 2006 Dragon Gate, you're asking the wrong guy. But I trust the people who will tell you that, look, that wasn't even the best Dragon Gate six-man of the year, let alone the match of the year. But we all grade on a curve in many, in many different ways. I mean, you know, whether it's promotion to promotion or match style to match style or, 
you know, again, like we just said, a main event, we're going to be harder on a main event than we're going to be on a television match. It's just the way it is. Right, yeah. I can remember, like, uh, there's a few Raw matches that stick out of my head. There's that John Cena versus CM Punk match, and there was the, uh, I think it was it Cena, it was Cena and, and Michaels, too, or ones that, you know, God, we're talking 10 years later, the, the Cena-Michaels one, I think it was 05 or 06 or whatever, that was just like, it went like three segments or whatever, and everybody was just loses their shit because it's just a different, it sort of changes up the, the, the routine, and you're like, oh my God, this is what I'm not, and then, you know, the, the CM Punk, John Cena one, I remember, too, you know, CM Punk throw, throws a, a pile driver, and people just lose their shit, but it was also a really good match, but it sticks out because it was a Raw match, or you talk about the, the Wyatt versus Shield one. One. The Y versus Shield six mans. I mean, those are matches that could have occurred, you know, years ago on on Dragon, and it wouldn't have it, it wouldn't have registered nearly as much as it did on the big stage on Raw, where it's a little bit different than you know you're not used to a Raw match being four and a half stars or or, or near five stars or whatever. So it kind of changes the game a little bit there. Yeah, and if you're not invested in Okada and Osprey, like I talked about earlier, if you're someone sure. who dislikes those guys, they're going to have to work that much harder to earn a good a good review from you because you're not invested. It's like. And, and that works the same way. Like, I'm not invested in Hideki Suzuki. So Hideki Suzuki really has to go out there and have a killer fucking match for me to even enjoy it. Whereas people who are invested in Hideki Suzuki, they love those matches that he has that I think are two-star matches. But they're fucking – they love them because they're invested in the guy. So, again, that's the same thing. You're still grading on a curve. you know. It's, and I think we all do that. So it's just an interesting talking point, I thought, coming away from this match, like you said, you know – John Carroll on our site, two and three quarters for this match, okay? And then other people, five stars. I think both of those ratings are mental. I do. I, I don't think – I do not think this – I don't understand how anyone could give this five stars. This was not one of the greatest professional wrestling matches of all time. Uh, and, and I don't understand how anyone could give it two and three quarters because to me, to Joe Lanza, a two and three quarter match is Rhino and Dash Wilder on me. <laughs> And then they do a good job and they, they have a slightly above average match because to me, two and a half is average on a five point scale. So you give me two and three quarters. That's essentially a very slightly above average. Match. And it's like, to you know, so I think both of those ratings are pretty crazy in my mind, but look, we all have our own standards too. And we all have our own curve. So I, you know, um, I just thought that'd be an interesting thing to bring up with this match in particular. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, any any thoughts coming out of this match? Uh, anything that sort of changes the trajectory of any of the guys or anything that you think? I mean, Okada, he wins, uh, of course, and then he cuts a promo afterwards, just kind of saying, you know, I'm on top of New Japan as they answer the 46th year or whatever, and calling calls out a few, you know, major names, Tanahashi, Omega, and Naito is all met, are all mentioned, and, and that's Kind of it. I mean, it doesn't really. I don't think he he didn't hype another match afterwards. I don't believe. I think he just kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of leading the charge or whatever. And then I think him and Osprey, you know, obviously gave him like a handshake and sort of a kind of a, a brief hug or whatever. Just kind of give him a little bit of the rub or whatever. But uh, that was about the only post match thing. Anything that you kind of came away with this match? You know, what's what's next for either of these guys? Is Osprey nah, on a different it, path now, or, or is anything everything kind of the same? The loss means nothing for Osprey because he lost the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Right. Means nothing. Um, and the, the, as far as Okada, he can't really set something up because New Japan Cup's coming. So that's the reasoning for that. And the, the, the one other cool spot I thought in the match that's worth mentioning was um, they were kind of like – they're bros in the same stable. So they were kind of like doing a lot of mat wrestling early on like you alluded to, and they weren't fighting dirty. And then, of course, Okada went Okada, and he did what we talked about last week. He did those little cocky kicks to the head, and that's when Osprey lost his shit. And, and, and went on a little, uh, you know, angry tangent there towards the, uh, in the, in the last third of the match. So I thought that was a cool spot too. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I liked it better than you. 
Um, but the, the reviews here are fucking all over the board. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's unique. Yeah, I know uh, uh, Dave Meltzer really enjoyed it. Uh, gave it, I think, four and a half. He went four, four and a half. Which yeah, that's unique. Those five stars was the highest one that I've seen, um, at least in the official capacity. A lot of those five-star uh, ratings were like, you know, just scrolling through Twitter and stuff. Yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. and of people are, I mean, everybody, like you said, people have different thoughts. There's a, yeah. a Hideki Suzuki match that somebody thinks is the greatest match of the year, and I think it, you know, it sucked. And I didn't want to watch. I, you know, I was bored four minutes into it, and I, you know, so it's it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's different uh, different strokes for different people. That's what's fun about this wrestling game. So uh, let's talk about the IC title match here. You got Minoru Suzuki defending his title. Uh, he defeats Togi Makabe. A little under, uh, a little over 19 minutes for this match. Man, I don't know. I, I don't know what you thought about this. We haven't talked about this, but I well, you Suzuki go first did it again, man. Suzuki did it again. Like it was good. I enjoyed this match. Like it wasn't great. Uh, Suzuki's obviously had better matches this year. The Goto match was far and away better than this. But when it was all said and done, I was like, fuck, like that wasn't bad. And I thought it would be way worse than it was. And it was it was entertaining. And Suzuki, I mean, he took most of the match. He felt like the, the focal point of the match. I and mean, Makabe had his little parts here and there he would jump up and, and do a few things here and there but for the most part this is the Minoru Suzuki match and I think it's exactly what they need to do and the crowd man they're invested in Suzuki like I have never seen it's been years since the New Japan crowd has really wanted this guy to do something there he's working his way up to like they're gonna have to do something more with this guy this year because the crowd is so invested in Minoru Suzuki I'm not saying he has to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship I'm not saying he has to do something man you got to do more than just the IC title you got they're, they're clamoring for it man they want it they're just loving Minoru Suzuki right now and I don't blame him he's been doing good stuff so I thought this was good I, I didn't think this was great I think it was five stars or whatever but I like this even more than, than Okada Osprey and I never thought in a million years that I would think Minoru Suzuki and Togi Makabe would be better than Okada and Osprey but I enjoyed it I think Minoru Suzuki I don't think I think Mochizuki from Dragon Gate is my wrestler of the year right now, but I think Minoru Suzuki is right behind him there. Like this one again. Uh, who'd you say your wrestler of the year was right uh, now? Mochizuki from uh, oh, okay. uh, Dragon Gate. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. loving everything he's doing right now. Is incredible. I, I haven't seen enough of him. I'm way behind on Dragon Gate, but I mean, yeah, that was going to be my initial talking point um, coming out. Was I, I love this too? I went four flat on it, which well exceeded expectations for me with this match um, with Togi Makabe involved, but. Yeah, I think, you know, I know it's fucking like March 9th, but Minoru Suzuki, <laughs> Minoru Suzuki to me is a wrestler. Lock it in. What Joe I is mean, saying is no doubt about it. Lock it in right now, Minoru Suzuki wrestler of the year. Yes, clip that and put it on YouTube. <laughs> but I mean, to this point, to March 9th, I mean, I mean, the guy has delivered in all three of his matches to a tremendous degree and, and, and you know, to deliver with Togi Makabe at this point. Um, look, Makabe is the kind of guy who is very capable of laying a wet fart. We all know that. But, um, you know, and, and I don't think he was particularly great in this match. But the thing with Makabe is he always brings his charisma and the fans like him. So I thought the match was very dramatic. And Suzuki is just on another level. And uh, the fans were invested in this. It was a hot crowd for this. Yeah, the, the crowd was. And that's what I mean. Like, they got something with Suzuki. And it's been this way for because when he first came back, it was like, yeah, they were happy he was there. And they would sort of react a little bit. But, man, they are reacting like I've never seen them react to Suzuki. I mean, they are loving him right now and it's like dude like you know what i mean like i'm not again I, i'm not saying he needs to run with the title or anything like that he needs to be the one to beat okada but you know strike while they're on time i mean they have something this year with suzuki i don't know what it is i don't know why it's happening other than they're just appreciating you know the, the work he's doing but they're getting something and he is so over right now it's crazy he's having great matches and you know people are invested in his stuff and and um you know it's coming off the year he had you know it just goes to show i mean you know guys have really really bad years and then they have really good years i mean this is shaping up to be an excellent year for him and i i agree i wouldn't i wouldn't be bothered at all 
if uh, if they look, they can't do much more with him. Um, he's, he's already IC champ, but um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to a Okada match, another Okada match at some point. Um, but yeah, he's, he's you know, all three of his big matches have have delivered and and delivered above expectation. That's that's all you can ask. I I enjoyed this, and it was it was because of the crowd investment more than anything. And that just goes to show you get a crowd into a match, it just elevates it to another. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and, and and like your, to your point a little bit, Makabe was fine in this match. I feel like Suzuki could wrestle just about anybody this year and probably get something out of it. Makabe wasn't horrible. It wasn't like he detracted from the match, and that's all you needed. You needed Makabe to not be fucking terrible and Suzuki to be awesome, and that's exactly what happened. And the result was, you know, I, I was four stars as well, so I was right with you on that. Yeah, and, and there's there's not many things more dramatic than Minoru Suzuki trying to hit a gotch pile. Yes, and especially on this show, too. The, the, the history, And that's one of those little things that if you don't really – you can still enjoy it even if you don't know a lot of the history, but obviously it being the 46th anniversary, if you watch the intro video to this show, they talk about obviously the, one of the big match, the first big match, Carl Gotch versus Anoki or whatever. So you get that connection there where Suzuki tries to do the gotch on the 46th anniversary. They shot out gotch earlier. Kevin Kelly and Callis were talking about it as well. So it, it felt – like a big moment in that sense. So it's like this met and the crowd too. And that's the awesome thing about, you know, Japanese crowds. A lot of it is they, they know these sort of things. They pick up on these things. So him trying to hit that gotch pile driver was something that they all were like, Oh, here we go. Oh yeah. And the whole match was sort of centered around that is, Oh, he's going to hit it. Oh, he's oh, okay. No. And then we finally hits it. The crowd just comes on glued. And, and that's one of those little things that you can enjoy not knowing all the history and nuance or whatever. But if you do know it, it's just another little level to it. But they reward you for that. You know what I mean? Like you as a viewer were rewarded for knowing that that's a big deal on this show. And that's cool. I love that sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just dramatic because they know when he hits that, it's fucking game over. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, when he's got people up and he's teasing it, it's it's very dramatic. And, 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 you know, he's such a smart pro wrestler. He knows right where to place that spot. You know, um, one thing with Okada is I think sometimes he does the Rainmaker pose way too early, you know, and you can't buy it. And when's the last time? This is a good question because I don't know the answer. And I'm sure one of the listeners will. When's the last time Okada did the Rainmaker pose and actually won the match moments later? It feels like it's been a while, right? It feels I like don't it's know. Been and it's like, I feel like he needs to do that. I mean, mix it in and, and, and win the match that way. Um, right after that. Because or zooms then, out and then he just hits the fucking thing and it's over. And it's like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, then he goes through a sequence, he hits it and it's over. It's to happen. Look, you can do that in a G1 guy. You know what? A match has to be super dramatic. Just to kind of throw you off the scent, because right now, like you're saying, we've kind of get lulled into like, all right, he's not going to hit it now, whatever. Okay, we got like, you know, 10 more minutes after he does that pose, or in some cases, you know, 20 more minutes after the pose. So yeah, I agree that that maybe change it up a little bit and just have him, you know, blitz a guy and just beat him in, you know, a second after that. Be a good and idea. That's what I mean. like, like, like Suzuki knows right where to place those gotch pile driver teases, you know, and as a result, he gets those awesome reactions. So I recommend it. I think people should go out of their way to watch this. I yeah. recommend this gets a lands of recommendation. For there you go. A little stamp of approval there. So we need a, a stamp sound bite there. I'm not gonna put it in. All right. Uh Naito versus Taichi. Oh, I forget. Uh after the match, Suzuki said uh there, there's a particular wrestler that's pissing him off and he'll go to them, though he wouldn't say who it was. <laughs> I just, you know? It's a man of mystery. And then, you know I fucking hate you. I don't know who you are. I'm not gonna say who you are, but I fucking hate you, and I'm coming for you. So I'd be nervous. If you're backstage, like fuck. You don't know if you're that guy, right? I'm nervous. I'm not even a wrestler. <laughs> like he might come. Every, you might be. You might be pissing him off. You don't know. Okay. One thing I do. I'm a little annoyed though that he had the hair versus hair match or whatever, and then he just grew back his hair and it looks exactly the same. You know what I mean? Do the bald thing for like five months. Well, yeah, that's what a lot of people right do. Was a hair match. 
is they'll keep shaving it just to sell it. Right. But like, I know it's going to grow back. I know like, but that's the wrestling thing. You know, it was like years ago in, in 1998, Jeff Jarrett got, was in a hair versus hair, I think versus X-Pac or whatever. And like, all he did was like get a crew cut and it looked like a thousand times better. And he just kept a crew cut forever. It was like, no, I wanted like down to the bone bald or whatever. But it was like, you just shaved like the, your lot, your giant hair and made it like this quaff, nice, like crew cut that no, it's not what a hair versus hair. Yeah, look ridiculous. I wanted Suzuki to be bald for like five months. But he's just like, yeah, we're back. He, and lightning bolts are back already. And it's like, oh, well, that fuck, he looks the same. Yeah, he should have kept that shit shaved. We got a, um, did you get any interruption there on the feed? I, I got someone, I got, we got a run in by the lovely Brittany here. She oh, I did not. No. The, she's coming to the she's room. Invaded. I don't know what she's doing. She's prowling around the bathroom here. I, I don't know. I can't see what's going on in there. Well, did you hear um, Michelle uh, jumped in? She just got back from the store. She closed the door though. So. No, nah, yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible. Well, you know, it's crazy. She's in there dropping shit now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I heard but, that. Uh, would, you like to say, would, you, would you like to say hello? Let's see if we can get her to say hello here. Looks like she's, uh, I don't know, she hasn't emerged back out of this room. Okay. I did hear her drop something, though. <laughs> is she behind a closed door? Or can she see and hear you right now? She is, uh, she can hear me because okay. I heard her say, like, oh, good God, when I said, would you like to say hello? <laughs> so, no. Something to that. Something to that effect. So uh, I don't know what's going on. I think she's collecting some goods from the bathroom. Because you're taking and, too long with this podcast, and now she's got you know, to go to bed. Yeah. You know, get ready, get ready for bed in a different room because you're Hello, Brittany. How are you? Would you like to say hello to Rich? The nurse Hi, has been on the show many times. Yes. She's here, too. We can do this. We can do the wife swap right now, God damn it. The nurse is his wife. He's, she's been on the show many times and, and embarrassed him thoroughly. Would you like to embarrass me? Uh, no, she's being very shy. Her <laughs> face is turning red. She's giggling. I can feel the embarrassment. I can feel all the. And now she's running from the room, like literally running from the room. So she's out of here. She's gone. That was she's good. Gone. The lovely Michelle, everybody. The lovely Brittany. There you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Terrible appearance. That's <laughs> not great. Not great. But that's all right. We we got time. She's not going to handle that unfiltered. Thing, I don't think I'm going to. We're going to talk about fun stuff. We're not going to talk. You know, you're you're you're, you're going to. I don't know what you're going to talk to the nurse. I'm, we're her and I, I are just going to talk about. I you. already look. I already told you, the nurse has nothing to worry about. She's not getting. I told you. Listen, she's not getting a Howard Stern 1994 interview. <laughs> she's getting a Howard Stern 2018 interview. It's. I'm going to keep it classy. I might throw in one or two questions about the you know the little German soldier, but sure, I, sure. It, yeah. you know just to keep her off balance. But for the most part, I'm more interested in things like who does the dishes, who's messier, what does Rich do that annoys you. I'm interested in that stuff. I, you think I'm going to go in there guns blazing like boom? How's Rich's lingus? I'm not getting <laughs> right, into all right. that. Okay, you want to get into that me. with the you that. You can ask that. That's fine. You can ask that. One. Oh, oh, you want me to ask the lingus? <laughs> you can ask that I'll one. Make, <laughs> I'll jot that one down. Rich is confident in his lingus. Yeah, you can ask that question like, if you want. All the other all right, stuff. So you you know you're good at that. All right, so I'll, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> yeah, you can jump that. You can put that one in. I mean, that's, we'll that's see if she fine. confirms. But you seem very confident right now and not your usual uncomfortable self. So I bet you you're really good at that activity. So yeah, but that's my point. Like I'm going to give her the. It's not going to be what you think. Okay, but so you know we'll see. But judging by that performance right there, you're gonna have a hard time. You're gonna have to make her comfortable. That's fine. I can do it. She wanted no part of that. I mean, and she was like, you know, deathly afraid to get anywhere near the microphone. We'll talk margaritas. That's fine. Well, I will get her. You got some jump points. Yeah. yeah. Maybe get her a margarita for the show as well. That should probably help. All right. Let's talk Naito versus Taichi here. So this is a big moment for Taichi. His 
emergence into the heavyweights. Um, what do you think of this overall? Because I, I, I hate to say this, Joe. I've, I've, I've stayed away for so long, but I'm not ready to say I am, but I might be a Taiichi guy after this match. I may have joined along. You've turned the corner on Taiichi. I might need the card. I might need to have, put it in an order for my, my fan club card. Have you gone too far like others have, or are you? No, no, no. It's like I don't think he's the drizzling shits anymore. You've reasonably turned the corner. Right, exactly. Like I, I don't dislike his mere presence and yeah. might actually look forward to his matches versus the people that think he's like the god and, and should be the heavyweight champion is the greatest thing in the world ever. I'm not quite there yet. Yet. But I don't know. We're on a things wild things have happened this week. I don't know anymore. I don't know. I I, I officially enjoy him a little bit. So I don't know. Things can get wild here in a bit. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. This is a good match. I liked it better than the match they had on the produce show. Um but I didn't like it as much as the Intercontinental match. Um, I didn't like it quite as much as eh, I thought it was about the same as the, as the next match we're going to talk about. Um, and yeah, Taichi, I think I think the move to heavyweight is good for him. I think it's good for New Japan. It I felt think new and fresh. It felt it fresh, did. and that's that's something that's so rare in this company. We 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 give it a lot of shit for some of these things, but the the mix up and like getting new people into the top mix or whatever, or just in the heavyweight mix, just in the upper mid card mix, it's just fun when there's like a new guy and Taichi feels new now. It's like cool. All right. We have yeah. another guy in the mix. Yeah, it does feel new. I mean, when a guy changes divisions, it, it feels new. And that's exactly it. And I like the finish of smashing the cane over his head to kind of give him a taste of his own medicine and then beating him that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a great match or anything like that, but I thought it was a good match and an enjoyable match and a fun match. And now Taichi will move on. And, I mean, I think he's got a shot at beating Tanahashi. I don't think that's – because it's New Japan Cup. Any fi- there's, there's always upsets. Right, right, and, and particularly with Tanahashi as well. We'll talk about it here in a bit, but he's a guy that that goes out of his way to allow upsets to sort of happen against him. He might get his revenge a few months later or whatever, but he's a guy that, that and he understands, and I think uh, New Japan understands, that this is a tournament you can kind of fuck around with the New Japan Cup. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be out of the complete realm of possibility that somebody you have no possible thought that they're going to win can win this. It, it's very much open. It's not like the G1. Taichi's not winning the G1. You know, Hiroki Go. there's some guys that are just not going to win the G1 or whatever. The New Japan Cup, really, I mean sort of a few people like most guys can win that because it doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things i mean it, it, it is a huge title shot if you, if you win it i mean I don't, I don't know if it doesn't mean that much but it's like they do tend to knock out heavy hitters in the first round though that's the thing that they will do so you really and i guess we'll talk about new Ch- Ch- yeah Cup sure, sure. we get through this but i just you know i think taichi you know, he's firmly a heavyweight now. He's in New Japan Cup, and I, I think he has a chance at knocking off Tom. Tanahashi could win the whole thing, too. I mean, I think he's most... Right, and, and that's sort of what I mean is I think, like... It, and I don't mean that, like, when I was mentioning that, like, anybody can win. I don't mean, like, Yujiro can win it or whatever. But I mean, like, a, a Tomohu Ishii could maybe realistically possibly be in the running or be in the finals or whatever. Hiroshi Tanahashi could could both win or lose in the first round. Like, a guy like Kokoto Bushi could win the whole thing. As you know, opposed to a one where it's... You know, two guys. There's like one or two guys that have any realistic chance whatsoever of winning. More than likely, one guy. You pretty much know when the G1 starts. This guy's going to win, and, and trying to see what sort of the, the 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 pieces that kind of fall into this. Whereas this, like, you go up and down again. Like, we'll preview it here in a little bit. I mean, but like you said, Tanahashi could lose in the first round or win the whole thing. And like, you don't get that with the G1. It's not like a guy that's going to you know get two two wins can maybe also win the thing. Like, you kind of know how the finals are going to go and how the rankings are going to go. With the New Japan Cup, is a little bit more open in that sense. Yeah. Um, anything else on this uh, Naito Taichi? I, I again, like I, I'll add a little bit of of the things that I love. I love the finish as well. Like you said, Naito sort of the cane gets into the ring. Ta- Taichi tries to use his shit. 
And then Naito just kind of says, no, no, no. Like, this is the heavyweight division now. This sort of shit's not going to work anymore. Just hits him over the head with it, and it's over. And that I thought was kind of fun, and it was a nice symbolic thing. And I hope that it it then sort of leads to Taichi maybe moving, like we said last week, maybe moving on from that sort of stuff and realizing, okay, look, my shenanigans and the shit that I would do would get me over in the juniors and, and get me wins in the juniors or whatever, but I got to step my game up. I got to be a better wrestler if I'm going to be in this, the, the heavyweights or whatever. And I think that'd be a good direction for him. I think he could still kind of be a chicken shit, but some of the stuff that was so tropey and the same stuff that you would see every single Taichi match, now he can sort of evolve and change. And I think this is a great match to sort of prove that, that like, hey, look, the stuff that would work is not going to work anymore. So I got to adapt. I got to change or whatever. So I would hope that he kind of changes it up and does some different stuff. But I thought he looked great in this match. I thought the crowd was invested uh in, in both him and naito and i think that was a cool thing too the crowd was really that knew knew that this was a big moment for taichi and really got behind him too and like and, and, and there were fans that got behind him both negatively like booing him and really hating him yeah. and then also fans that 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 kind of supported him or whatnot but knowing that he didn't come out there to crickets is awesome like they either hated him or they loved him and that's exactly what you want on new japan that's i don't yeah i mean i don't think getting heat has ever been a problem for him no no it, no the biggest problem for him has been some his repetitive fucking bullshit matches that just don't land. I mean, but but I guess if they consistently get heat, then maybe we're the ones that don't know what we're talking about. But um, but yeah, it's it's this is all it's just new and exciting, and and we'll see where it. Look, I don't think the guy's gonna be like some kind of heavyweight superstar. I don't see that happening. But it's just a new person in the mix, you know, on that lower tier of heavyweights. All right, so you want to move on to Sonata and Yoshihashi? Yeah. Oh, what? Uh, sorry. What? After that, I, I should say after that match, uh, Taka uh, he warned Naito that he'd be facing uh, Zack Saber Jr. in the New Japan Cup in the first round. And you know, I got so excited because I thought Taka was going to challenge. Him. I thought so too because he gets the mic and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm excited. Ta- and like it was Taka in rare form. Like he, I don't know what the hell he was saying. I'm sure he was swearing a lot or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, here we go. And then I read and it's like, oh, he just was putting over Zack Saber Jr. And I was like, oh man, like I want to Taka to be like, fuck Naito, let's go. Like <laughs> like now you and me. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do this. But it didn't happen. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and and I was like, you know, th- th- those two guys can have a great match. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. And grumpy-ass Taka, like, oh, he was so good. He gets on the mic, just starts swearing up a storm, and then, yeah. He was just aping he, for his he, man, Zach, so. That's, that's what he was. Zach wasn't there, so he did the talking for him, so. Darn. All right. Uh, Yoshihashi Sonata. So this is uh, Sonata wins in a little under 20 minutes, about 17 minutes here. Um, I was kind of shocked because there was this is a match again that like our reviewer Kelly Harris, uh, he I think went like two and a half with, really didn't like it at all. And I fucking love this match. What do you think of it? Uh yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't like it as much as you guys, but I thought it was a good solid match. Uh right about at the level of Naito Taichi. Maybe a little better. I think it was a little better than Naito Taichi. Uh, but these guys, like we talk about, always work well together. Um, but yeah, it didn't get to that next level for me but in terms of a mid-card singles match uh between a guy who's very firmly a lower mid-carder and a guy who was coming off a title match i thought it was you know what was smart about it was it was a good win for sonata to kind of quote unquote get his heat back after losing to okada and he beat a guy that you can beat like a drum all day and it doesn't matter so from a booking perspective it was smart to get Sonata in there with not only a guy he has great chemistry with and a little bit of history with, but a guy where you can rehab him with a win and not hurt the guy that's losing. 
Yeah, and I think this is going to be a constant thing with Sonata. I think we maybe just have to start accepting it. And this is a match where I maybe did finally just say, hey, look, like this is kind of what Sonata is going to be, is he's he's plotting. He sort of builds to one or two big moves. He builds towards a moment in the match or whatever. And a lot of the in-between is not going to be the most exciting. It's not going to be the most dynamic. But you're all sort of waiting for the mood salt, or you're waiting for the skull end, or you're waiting for like one of the few things that he's going to do. And, and it's kind of funny. In a lot of ways, like <laughs> it really rubs off is, you know, Keiji Muda is a guy that if you go back and watch the a lot of the stuff under Japan World, and obviously a big part in, in training Sonata. He's kind of a similar guy as well. A lot of the matches aren't the most dynamic. The po- I mean, the, f- the original like first few years of Keiji Muda, and obviously Great Muda, different story. But like the later Keiji Muda years, when he started to slow down, the knees were hurting him a little bit. He realized he couldn't do a bunch of shit, so it was all sort of slowly building up to a moonsault or slowly building up to one spot or one thing that he was going to do in the match. And I feel like Sonata's sort of taking that on a little bit, and you see that style a little bit more in other places, but New Japan, and that sort of makes Sonata unique in new japan where the company is so much has kind of this main event style where guys sort of i, I don't know you, you, a lot of people that will watch all the different stuff and watch all japan and watch big japan and all that sort of stuff know sort of what we're t- saying here but it's like sonata kind of slowly methodically builds to moments and they all all the matches are structured fine they're structured how you should like slow 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 gets a little bit you know a little bit more a little bit more and then it's just kind of over and that's like it, it kind of stinks because like we're in, in new japan we're used to guys that throw bombs and do fun stuff and do a bunch of kickouts and that sort of stuff and i don't know if he's ever going to be that guy and i think it's might just be time to sort of accept that this is what he is because i thought this was a really good match in that story of understanding that hey it's just sonata slowly methodically working over yoshihashi he's got the advantage he's got him where he wants him but he's not going to put him away right away he's going to kind of work on him a little bit work on him work on him until he's got him where he wants and then when he gets him where he wants he's got it and it's over and that was it and that's the structure of the match and it was fine with me but i see how some people get a little bored by it or just a little annoyed by it because it is different and in some ways i'm not saying it's always good i mean difference doesn't always mean good but in this case i'm i'm okay with it and i'm starting to understand that that might be what sonata is even if he gets to the main event level he might not be in okada a tanahashi a, a naito a kenny omega he's not going to be that type of guy i don't think i mean i see what you're saying we'll see um but yeah he it's there's certain, there's a house style in every promotion. I think that's fair to say. And I think what you're getting at is he doesn't necessarily work the house style of New right. Japan. And I don't know if that'll be a hindrance for him moving forward or something up or something that sets him apart. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe it's just Okada's a top guy right now and he kind of – he like we talked about, works those frenetic closing stretches, and so did Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just the current era of New Japan-style main event that we're in. But And same thing with Omega. But maybe it'll take some new main eventers to bring their own style to the table to sort of change the house style. Because, you know, the house style in a promote. How many times am I going to say house style? I heard you. <laughs> um, but how many... But, but, you know, the house style in a promotion can change over time. I mean, we've seen it happen in, in, in WWE. I mean, we've seen it happen in New Japan. We've seen it happen everywhere, really, except for Dragon Gate. Um, and maybe some Lucha promo. Well, AAA, I mean, we've seen it over the years. I yeah, mean, that's right, fair right. to say. It's like maybe, maybe Dragon Gate, CMLL, and, you know, maybe a couple other places where it's just basically the same house style forever. But, yeah, that's an interesting thing to, talk, to, to think about, too. Is if a guy like Sonata does break through and become a major star, 
will the house style of the promotion change along with that? Right. Cause I don't know if we're at, I think we might be at a point where I don't know that he's going to change all that much. And now it's going to be a matter of, okay, do, do people adapt to him or does the company adapt to him or are people accepting of him? Cause I don't know. It's like at a point now, is he going to be that guy that sort of works that house style or is he going to, again, <laughs> play the bingo here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Is that fine? Is it okay? I don't know quite yet. I'm not sure. Like, this is the first time I really accepted it and said, hey, you know what? This is what Sonata just is. And it's like, whatever. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But I can see how it annoys some people. And, and, and at times it has annoyed me. And I'm not sure that when he gets, it's fine in these sort of matches. But I wonder if it becomes a big time main event. If he's main eventing a Sakura Genesis and goes out there and just has this type of match, am I going to love it or not? And there's a good chance I'm not going to love it. So. I don't think his problem is his methodical thing is his methodical working style because I think that's part of the cold skull gimmick mm-hmm. and also the LIJ gimmick. Um, although Hiromu doesn't subscribe to that for sure, but it's like I think what's holding him back is he just for a guy who has a great look, he does not have charisma. Right, that's his problem right now, and I think all of the charisma he has right now is in his look, in the cold skull look. Um, you know, the wacky hair, the accentuating his physique. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's that's where it all lies. Because when he was, before he left for America, and he was a all-Japan guy and a Wrestle 1 guy, he had terrible gear and that the bad hair with the bangs. And, um, it, it, he would have less charisma then. And everyone was kind of waiting for this charisma to come out. And we're all kind of still waiting around. Because in terms of your style of work, I mean, yeah, your style of work can help you get over. But the bottom line is if someone breaks through as a megastar, people will adapt to them. You don't have a choice. Right. So if Sonata all of a sudden became, you know, just the next great guy who got super over and had to be pushed to the top of car, people are going to have to adjust to his working style if that's what's working for him. So it's just a matter of charisma, I think, for him and finding that charisma and, you know, working underneath NATO and that may help him. It certainly can't hurt him. And we'll just see how he progresses from here. But I do think, you know, having the two Tanahashi matches, you know, last year, the year before, whatever it was, now the Okada match and now being a tag team champion, they're slowly. And look, and I've been saying all along, it was going to be slow for him. Anyone who thought they were just going to strap a rocket to Sonata was way off for a million different reasons that we're not going to talk about this week. And we're seeing that it is moving slowly. But they do see something in him. But he's the kind of guy who's going to have to take it by the throat and start exuding some charisma and showing something. Look, some guys never do. And that's what the level they end up, you know, they start hitting, you know, uh, they hit a certain level and they stay there because they can't get over the hump, you know, in terms of exuding charisma. Uh, all right, so let's move on to uh, the junior heavyweight title, uh, the junior tag titles, I should say, the junior heavyweight tag team titles, the three of the match. You have Suzuki Gun, Elvis Brado, and Kanemoro defeating Rapungi 3K and uh, Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. This one, I'll, I'll go first and kind of let you get your rant. Obviously, you know, Desperado and Kanemoro become now the new champions. They defeat Rapungi 3K. That's going to maybe be an issue because those guys are two time champions now and they're going to be three time champions soon. Like they're going to be like nine time champions in a few years, but that's kind of how this division is. This is this one of these matches where, in a vacuum, ignoring who was the champion, ignoring the three way, ignoring some of the background or whatever, 
I would have loved this match, but it was like there was such little things that annoyed me in the booking and things. But overall, like the match, I enjoyed a lot, and I liked the finish too. Like I really enjoyed Kanemura spitting the whiskey and, and and that being sort of the finish. I enjoyed a lot of that, but in a vacuum, it was just like man, like there was a lot of stuff that was just kind of wrong about this, and I don't like. Rapunky 3K losing the titles. I still don't understand why Bushi and Hiromu were in the match, and particularly when the finish happened, what it was. But like, if you ignore all that sort of shit and just think of, hey, this match existed and happened, I really liked the match itself. But there was all the kind of this stuff in between and afterwards and before that sort of annoyed me, and, and still annoy me as we're talking about it today. Yeah, I just want to clear something up. A lot of people, you know, were kind of yelling at us and saying, "Well, they're in the match. Bushi and Hiromu are in the match because they scored a." fall over no i i get that but the problem is there's no need to do that yeah, right you don't have to do that yeah. there's there's no reason to do that just like, the match. yeah and a, and it's especially stupid since kanemoru and desperado won the titles anyway what the fuck were lij doing in the match it even makes it it even makes the booking worse to, to make it a three-way with that said i love the match i thought the match was great i thought this was probably you know neck and neck with the, the uh, Suzuki match for second batch, best match on the show for me. I thought the main event was the best match. I thought those were the neck, you know, you know, second and third best matches on the show. Um, and 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 but it's like a match can be poorly. You can get to the mat. You can get to a match from a poor direction, and it can still be a great match. And I thought this was a great match. I thought Rapongi 3K was outstanding here again. Um, I love the way they sell. I love Show's fire when he makes a comeback. He throws those awesome suplexes. He's going to be a single star. And, you know, I joke that the only thing stopping these guys from being like 10-time champs the way that this division is booked is Show just becoming the ace of the <laughs> right, ace no ace of the junior okay. division. Because <laughs> I be see him. Yeah. yeah right, right. Because I see him becoming a junior ace. And someone made a good point. They're like, forget junior ace. This guy's going to be a heavyweight star. And, you know, I hadn't thought of that. The problem is he's very short. Um, Sho and Yo, I think, are like 5'6". Let me see how... how, how uh, I know we've done it for the, the book. I believe yeah. you're correct. Yeah, so uh, Sho is 5'8", per them. They listed oh, okay. 5'8", five five he can do it. Yeah, he can do that. Because Tanahashi's like 5'9". Five five Yo, Yo is 5'7". Yo is 5'7". So let me see what they say Tanahashi is as well, just to see if how they judge... Uh, that sort of stuff. Or if they're maybe putting a few inches on the show and Yoda to, uh, sure. so they say uh, Horace Town has, he's five eleven. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so yeah, they might, he might be a little small. He's right on the edge. I mean, you have Ishii, but he's a bowling ball. You know, he's like five, four or something in reality. I think, well, you stood next to the guy. Is he like five, five, right? Totally yeah, honest. no, he's pretty, he's pretty short, man. He came but he's a bowling ball. He basically you came know? up to my, my, yeah, he basically came up to my shoulders. He's shaped different. I mean, show is putting on weight. I don't think it's impossible that he becomes a heavyweight. It'd be intriguing though. But I think that he just screams single star to me where yo does not. And that has nothing to do with working ability. It's just look that thing we just talked about with Sonata. You either have it or you don't. I don't think yo has it. I think show does. Um, but they were great in the match. I thought Kanemura was great in the match. I know I'm this guy's biggest fan, but he's like, Okay, I'm going to try to make this point, and you can let me know whether it's coherent or not. But I think that Yoshinobu Kanemoro is one of the most underrated wrestlers of his time out of people who have been given pushes. Like, there's plenty of, like, jobbers that were really good wrestlers that never get their due because of the way they were booked. I don't want to count those guys. You know what I mean? Because it's like, that doesn't count because... 
But in terms of wrestlers who have been pushed, and this guy is like he has the most like Noah Jr. title runs, and the guy's always been pushed, okay, as like one of the top guys in whatever division he's in and whatever company he's in. In terms of people who've been pushed, I think he's the most underappreciated, one of the most underappreciated wrestlers of his era. He's really fucking good, but he's not good in a flashy, this guy's having the best matches in the world way. Like in this match, he was so good beating up Rapongi 3K, you know? And his finisher, that, that fucking deep impact DDT off the second turnbuckle, which I don't even think he did in this match, is just such a cool finisher. And he's, and you know, he's got matches where you you may not it's like years later you appreciate how great some of his matches are like the kenta singles match at destiny or some of the tag matches he had you know in noah and some of the stuff he did with kotero suzuki and he's having these matches in new japan and i don't know if necessarily because they're not like these five-star classics but he puts in these workman-like performances where he is really the glue that holds the matches together and like this match if you go back and watch this to me, behind Sho and Yo, he was the standout in the match. I mean, yeah. Romu didn't do a ton in this match. Bushi just isn't that good. Can we say it? I mean, he's not bad. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Bushi guy, so I, I don't want to. But some people get really upset when you say that. But yeah, he was fine. I don't think Bushi's bad, but I don't think Bushi is very good either. He's a guy. You know, he has his moments. He has a cool gimmick. He has cool masks. I don't mind him, but I don't consider him any kind of top junior or anything like that. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and Despy really wasn't a huge factor here. I thought Kanemura was one of the standouts of the match. And you find that a lot with him. Um, but, you know, it, it's like, but this match I thought delivered, despite the fact I don't like the booking of how they got there. And I don't particularly like Rapongi 3K losing again. If they are going to lose, no reason for LIJ to be in the match unless they're the ones winning. What the fuck was the point? Keep them out and let them challenge next month. It's just infuriating from that perspective. But in a vacuum... I thought the match was awesome, so um, I really enjoyed it. Okay, so I was the same way as well. I, I really, yeah, like it was one of those weird vacuum matches where like I kind of wish that I didn't hate the booking and I didn't hate some of these stuff going around it and I didn't care that there was a title shot or a title change or whatever. Like if I didn't care about any of that stuff going on, I would have really, really enjoyed it and I still really enjoyed the match, but then it was kind of dampered by like, ah, man, like, geez, there's a lot of things that I would have changed about that and done differently, but yeah, overall, I can't, I can't give these guys any shit. I think they all delivered and I don't think you're totally off base with the Kanemura thing. The more and more I watch it as we're kind of doing our, our, our you know, our Noah projects, slowly but surely, uh, the Noah Forum project's kind of going on. I'm watching a little bit more of his matches and, and really starting to enjoy him. I didn't watch a lot of him in the real time, and I've only sort of watched back, you know, some of the stuff. But seeing it more and more, he's a guy that really does deliver. And yeah, I think it's he, he is very underrated. I don't know about most underrated of the era. I don't know. I mean, we'd really have to kind of think and sit down and think about that uh, of guys that really are contenders. But I think he definitely has a case for that because I think a lot of people sort of roll their eyes and just say, yeah, whatever. But this guy's got a really deep catalog of great matches you know, over the years. So I think he definitely belongs in that conversation. Uh, let's get the final two matches here out of the way because we've got some other stuff to get to. we got uh, Goto, Ishii, and Yano defeating David Finley, Juice Robinson, and Toa Hanare. Did you have anything of recollection in this match that you remembered or cared about? Yeah, it was um, – I thought – now we're talking about the two openers now, correct? It's, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, both of them I thought were super high energy and everybody had their working shoes on. And it's very easy for matches like this to just go through the motions and guys not to work hard. But everybody worked hard in both of these matches. And shit, I thought these were like three, three-and-a-quarter star matches. They have no business being that good or making that much of an impression. And this is what I was talking about earlier – where everything on the show delivered. These were not – they were throwaway matches from a booking perspective. Right, but right. if you haven't watched this show yet, I don't think there's any reason to skip them. I think because the match 
the, the show was paced so well and doesn't feel long, like you alluded to earlier, where you feel like you're grinding through a show. That This show was an easy watch, and there's really no reason to skip these because they're short and they're enjoyable. Yeah, and this is the, the both those matches are seven minutes too, so they're easy watches yeah. here. I, like there was nothing that really stood out to me, but like you're saying, it's like they were solid, they were good, and and Hanari still continues to be pretty good. He's having some uh, some injuries we're gonna talk about here in a little bit that are, are maybe a little concerning, but we'll see. Hopefully he's he's okay and he's getting some time off to hopefully heal that. Uh, but we'll get to that here in a second. Then yeah, the opener was Tenzan Liger Kushida, uh, Rusuke Taguchi, and Tiger Mask uh, defeating Ren Narita, uh, uh, Shota Aminu, uh, Yagi Oka, and Yuji Nagata. So it's kind of Yuji Nagata and his children versus old guys and Kushida and Taguchi. And and in this case, the children were the stars of the match. I mean, I thought the young lions were fantastic. Yeah, and it was meant to be that too, which is cool. I thought that was a good moment that they sort of let those guys be the featured. It could have been easy. Tenzan could have went in there and just chopped the fuck out of people, and and that could have been the whole match or whatever. But no, they they decided, hey, let's let all these young guys shine. And yeah, when you're left in the match, like of course they you know they didn't win the t- the old fart team won, uh, but those guys were all like yeah under the. the six of the seven minutes of this match were young lions doing awesome shit and getting the crowd behind them. And that's exactly what the design should have been. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to some of the, um, all right. Well, I guess here, let's talk uh new Japan cup real quick. We'll, we'll preview obviously the, the tournament coming up. Uh, one thing before we get to the other uh, tournament matches, two of uh, new Japan young lions have been sidelined uh, with injuries. Kitamura, uh, obviously we did not talk about his match on the 46th anniversary, uh, his match with Minamu uh, Nakanishi, the seventh of the seven trial match series. Uh, that did not happen because he has been out with concussions, so we're not sure exactly when he's going to be back. But he's going to be off the New Japan tour, um, New Japan Cup tour, uh, to kind of rehab that and help out that. Uh, and then Hikulea, he's been out since March third with what is being described as ACL damage. So there's currently no timetable for his return. I'll see about that. And uh, Tangaloa will be taking uh, Hikulea's spot on the New Japan Cup tour. So nothing huge there, but uh, the Kitamura thing, you know, obviously you, you hope that he gets. Well, and, and the Hikulia, uh, we have no idea. It's just ACL damage. Torn ACL, sore knee, I don't know. It's just it's ACL damage, so I don't know what that means. That's bad for a big guy, too. Right. Um, and, and look. It probably means he can't put weight on it, which is not great, which means he might have torn it. So, I, again, I don't know. All we know is ACL damage, but still, it's kind of, I don't know. It's weird to hear that. He's a big dude with a ton of potential, but he's. I think it's very clear, well, let me think about this. Do you think he's the weakest worker on the roster right now? He probably is. Oh, man. Let's see who would even be. And it's not really a knock. I mean, he's fresh out of fucking wrestling school. Right. I mean, he, God, he was debuting with like three matches under his belt or even in his year. And he was, a, he was um, an injury replacement when he debuted, and they kind of just kept him around. So my point here is he's learning on the job, and it's a shitty injury because it's you talk about tearing knee ligaments and things like that. He could be out for a while, but – I think he's probably. I think all of the young lions are have been. Yeah, I think. I think. I'm kind of looking. I'm, I'm looking at the roster now. Yeah, I think he probably is the worst, and that's not. That, that's not really necessarily putting him down. That's more putting everybody else over. But yeah, yeah I'd it's say a great roster. I mean, but he's probably the weakest worker on the entire roster. And it, 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 my point here is not to belittle the guy or, or, or knock him down. The point here is he was learning on the job, and this is a setback. And you know, it's like I don't know what his trajectory necessarily is he hasn't shown me a ton but again he's very inexperienced but he's big he's got so much size and when his body fills out you go back and look at old Fale footage he had a similar body type believe it or not like and now he's a fucking monster because they just keep telling him to pack on weight it doesn't seem like he might want to stop soon yeah he's he's pretty he's a large man right now yeah he's a very large man but there's a very similar body type at the same stage, you know, and, you know, when this guy fills out, 
you know, he's going to have a very impressive look. So you would like a guy like that to, you'd like the work to match, you know? Um, so this is a, if he's out for nine months, 10 months, a year, which could be the case if he blows out his leg. I mean, but we don't know the severity of it. And then, and, uh, Kitamura being out, that's, you know, some shitty timing too. I don't know if he'll ever finish the trial series. They might just send them away now. You know, you might not see him back in Japan for a couple of years now, if they decide not to finish the trial series and just when he's healthy, send him to America. I could easily see that happening. Sure. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and then I guess, um, Hanare is hurt as well. Did you say that? Or was oh, no, that sorry. Hanare? I, I misspoke. It was Hikuleya that was hurt. So Hanare is fine. Okay. All right, yeah. Hanare, to me, because I was like, I don't remember him favoring anything in the match, but, you know, sometimes you never know. But another injury to him would have been devastating after the Achilles. He's come back. That guy, I mean, I think he, he's going to be a great wrestler. I mean, I just – he shows fire. Uh, you know, he's got intensity. I That guy, I'm way more confident in him becoming a great wrestler than I am Hikuleo. Um, but I think I'd have to say Hikuleo has more star potential just because of his size. So, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. All right. So I want to talk to New Japan Cup here. Let's, uh, yeah. let's get over the event. So obviously it's coming up at starting. Uh, by the time most of you guys listen to this, the first round or the first the first show of the first round will have uh, happened March 9th. It's going on. We're recording this on the 8th. Uh, so you got the round one is going to be March 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Uh, round two is going to be March 14th and 15th. Semifinals are going to take place on the 16th and the 18th, and the final is coming up March 21st. So it kind of spaces out over the rest of the month. So um, obviously there'll be matches, you know, around those big time, you know, tournament matches or whatnot. But uh, most of the focus is going to be on the tournament matches. And it's a pretty loaded field this year. It's a pretty interesting field as well. So let's kind of break down each first round matchup, uh, and then maybe after that we can kind of go over who we think you know is going to win, who's going to move on, and and who we think possibly has a good chance of winning. But uh, we'll just go up and down the bracket the way um, it reads on New Japan's site. Uh, you got first-round matchup. You got Michael Elgin and Tomohiro Ishii. I would hope that Tomohiro Ishii wins, but you never know on that one. Any thoughts hey, on Elgin and Ishii? We have the same conversation every year. I never predict the New Japan Cup. I, I never particularly get into it either. Last year's was really good, though, and I'm kind of more fired up about it than I normally am. Um, but, yeah, I think that... Um, you know, it, it's it's almost impossible to predict these matches. You always see big upsets, and really, these are two guys who are on the same level. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if either one of them won. Now, they have pumped the brakes on Elgin a bit since his uh, you know troubles began. They haven't done a thing with him. I mean, he's just been in multi-man tags, and so you know. But if if they did indeed re-sign him to a new contract, then it in- indicates that they want him around. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he wins. And now, Joe, I know you've been sort of digging around a little bit. Have we gotten any clarification that that is actually true, that he's re-signed and he's got a new deal? Because it was a, a report in The Observer a few weeks ago, uh, but I, I recall that a lot of people were like, I don't know. I like Nobody's really been able to confirm that. The only person that knows that or apparently had heard about that was, was Dave and The Observer, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, we went right to the office, and they told us, the, the office person we contacted said, I had not heard that. I don't know where Dave got it. They didn't say it wasn't true. But they didn't confirm it either. And then none of my follow-ups ever get answered when it comes to certain topics. So I don't know. Um, it's it's Look, the fact that he's still around and being booked and we're into March tells me that it's probably true that he was re-signed. But here's the other thing. More of, more of these Gaijins than you think work without contracts. And that's something I've learned over the last year or so. Do you think that's fair to say? I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. It's surprising to me how many of these guys work without a deal. 
So he could be working without a contract, but really what's the difference if you're booked on every tour? Right, exactly. So he's still yeah, a lot of around up in the full-time contract and all that sort of stuff. But if you're booked for every tour and you know, you're coming to every yeah, tour, it's, it's, it's like, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah and, not, and, you know, and usually these guys paper on the same thing, you know? Right. And usually these guys know what tours they're working deep into the year. So it's like, what's the difference, whether it's a contract or not from a fan perspective. But I mean, no, to answer your question, no, we have, we have not, personally confirmed that he does in fact have his name on a contract. I don't know that. I I cannot confirm that. So I'm not saying Dave's wrong, but we cannot independently confirm that. No. Okay. Let's get to some of the other matchups here. So you got that one. Well, again, we'll circle back and kind of talk about guys we think have a chance to win because like you said, it's, it's impossible to predict match by match, but maybe we can do a big picture of like, I think this guy has a good chance. Sure. I think, you know, whatever. So, all right. I guess, you know what, one game that we used to have, uh, what, how do we used to do this game in the past? Like, I don't want to do the, you know, percent chance or whatever, but... Um, do they have a realistic chance of winning? Yeah, maybe we could just do a yes, no. Do they have a realistic okay. chance of winning? Yes, no, for each guy. So Michael Elgin. No. I would say no as well. Tomohiro Ishii. Yes. Yes, I'm with you as well. Okay. Uh, Juice Robinson, Yujiro Takahashi, another one of the first round matchups. Uh, Juice Robinson, realistic chance of winning? No. No, I agree. Yujiro Takahashi, no. Not a chance. And okay. I think that is one match where I don't think... I think Juice is winning that. I do too. I think Juice maybe goes on a fun little run there, and then obviously gets knocked out in the you know the the quarters or the semis or whatever. But has a fun little run, and and because they're doing some stuff with him, he's got the new gear. It feels like this is a good time to sort of have him go on a mini run. But of course, he's not he's not going to win the thing. But you know, is he if is he in the semifinals? Would I be stunned if he's in the semis? Not really. I don't think so. And and Yujiro is the heel Yoshihashi, and that you can beat him like a drum, and it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. He's as low as you can go on the totem pole before you're a young lion. You know, so it's like, you know, there's 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 Yoshihashi, Yujiro, and Chase Owens. You can't get any lower than that. Those guys can lose all day and all. It doesn't matter. So that this isn't a scenario. And with a guy like Juice, this is not a scenario where I see an upset. I think Juice beating Yujiro is actually one of the stronger plays in the first round. I think so, too. I'd be stunned if, if Juice doesn't make it through this round. Yeah. Other than that, I'd be a little tough you know, bet on him getting anywhere. But, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be stunned if he goes on, like, a weird semifinals run. I don't think he's going to go beyond that, but I wouldn't be stunned if they there's do only, I'll be honest. There's only one other match I think is an absolute lock. Yeah, otherwise it's really up in the air here. Uh, Tanahashi and Taiichi. So this is a fun one. Tanahashi, chance of winning? The, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Taiichi, any chance of winning for him? No, he's not winning New Japan. I would say no. I think people are going to buy themselves into it and kind of work themselves into a shoot. Not yet. I mean, they're not going to do Sakura Genesis, Taichi versus Okada. I mean, they might. They might surprise, but I, I would probably not bet on it. Especially that. if Taichi wins this yeah. match. But, and look, I think it's fun that people are rallying around Taichi. No, it's cool. Yeah. That's what wrestling's all about. Now, you don't, don't want it to cross over into annoying Miz like levels. Um, but right now, I think it's more tongue in cheek and sort of semi ironic at the moment. Whereas the Miz stuff is like mean spirited. Like almost like if you don't think, if the you don't Miz, think, yeah, if you don't think Taichi's great, you're a piece of shit. And it's like, yeah, we don't have that yet. So yeah, that's the, that. It hasn't gone there where with the Miz, it has gone there. Right. Where you, you don't, circles. you don't know good wrestling. If you don't think the Miz is one of the greatest wrestlers ever, yes. you know, like that's yes. kind of the, what we've, we've, the, the Taichi thing is still sort of fun. You know, it's like it's like a fun thing. It hasn't crossed over into I have a galaxy brain and you don't. Right. You know, it's it hasn't gone there yet. 
uh, and as far as this match, I mean, this is kind of a toss-up too. I, I really don't know. I mean, I would I would pretty much bet that Taichi's going to win, but I, man, I, I feel like <laughs> I don't want to say I'm like a hundred percent, but I'm I'm almost positive Taichi's going to win this thing. I don't know why. I just have a feeling that this is this is that upset that you're going to look at. I mean, because- I think a lot of people I think a lot of people think Tanahashi's the favorite to win the tournament because I think this is the Okada defense where he ties right, Tanahashi. Right, right, right. So it would be. It makes sense for him to face Tanahashi, and you've got a built-in storyline, and that fucker will sell out Sakura Genesis. You know that. Like yeah, that storyline attached. Do you, do you like the story better? Because I've, I've seen a little bit of this, and I, I'm not sure where I sit either. Is Tanahashi preventing Okada from tying him, or Tanahashi preventing Okada from beating the record? Beating the record, I like better. Okay, so you, you would prefer he not win this and, and get the title shot sometime else. Yeah, but that would be like what not one of the big five shows. Exactly. Right. Right. So you kind of then you sort of. Because I, I agree with you, I'm, I, I like that story better. But it might, for business sense, might just be that's better right. to do it I mean, now. You gotta yeah. fill a fucking building, so yeah. you do it. If that's the way it lines up, you gotta do it for tying the record, which is a good story too. Oh, I no, 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 yeah, it's still, yeah, it's still not bad, but yeah, exactly. It's 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 one that you know you kind of like you said you're so like both. It's fine. Like either one is going to be okay. Either choice is 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 you know it's tough to make that choice. I, and I business business has to come before a good story. Of course, yeah, yeah. So. um yeah, I mean, you know, if that sets up Sakura Genesis tying, then yeah, and I, and that'll undoubtedly sell out the building. I'm not have no concerns with that. So that's a great story, and a match that we haven't seen in a while now, and and it's got a great reason to bring it back with that great story. So I do think Tanahashi's the favorite. I think someone else is my personal, in my opinion, is the favorite to win the tournament. We'll get to that. All right, so I got Bad Luck Folly and Lance Archer. It's a fun little match there in the first round. Two big dudes. You know, I asked Lance if he ever faced a man bigger than him in New Japan before. And he got insulted. He's very touchy about his height. Because every time <laughs> I broach this kind of subject with him, he's like, oh, I'm tall. Like, you know, And he had to point out that he is, in fact, taller than Bad Luck Folly. So we'll see when they're standing next to each other. Uh, but, uh, you know, he did, he, did, he, he did concede that Bad Luck Folly is wider than him. So, and someone else pointed out that uh, Giant Bernard is bigger than Lance Archer, and that is the last time he faced a man who was bigger than him in New Japan. So, yeah, I don't know. Two big guys will clobber each other. Now, look, this could be ugly. Um, Fale tends to do better when he could ragdoll a guy and toss him around. I don't know if he could ragdoll this guy, and I don't know if that's the story you want to tell in a match like this. Um, so we'll see. I have more faith in Archer than I do Fale in a situation like this. Um, I think Fale has to be in a certain kind of match for it to work. I think it'll be short. Um, you know, and, and, you know, are we going to get Fale Tanahashi again? Cause those are always good. Um, so, so we'll see, but yeah, the two biggest guys on the roster. Um, as far as the, both of them, bad luck Fale chance of winning the tournament. I can't say no. I mean, if it wasn't Sakura Genesis, I'd say yes. But I don't think they're not headlining that show with him, so no. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at, too. Like, in a, in a prior year, in a prior era, maybe, but, like, this is a big-time show that Sakura Genesis, you got to fill a big arena. It's tough to believe that Balak Folly would, would do that. And maybe if we've Given never... where Folly is at this point, too. That maybe if they had never done Okada Folly before. Right, like that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. In, in a vacuum, maybe. But now, given where Folly's been, given that those guys have had history, that match isn't that much of an attraction anymore. Where it, it may have been an attraction three or four years ago, and now it's just kind of like we've seen it before. 
many he times. can headline, but he can't headline this show. Right, right, right. Uh, and then Lance Archer, I think. Uh, oh, both, no chance in hell. Yeah. Sorry, Lance, but no, that's <laughs> not happening. That's all right. Uh, Yoshihashi and Kota Ibushi. That's a mortal lock for Kota Ibushi, right? Uh, he, he, I want to say yes. Yeah. I think this one is the closest to a mortal lock without. I'm still going to give Yoshihashi 1% here. How about that? That's fair. But It's New Japan Cup. It's like we do this every year and then someone loses one of these. You know what I mean? It's like, so I'm apprehensive. But yeah, I think Kota Ibushi, a lot of people think, could win this too. And obviously, Kota Ibushi, Okada, again, is a huge match. But the thing is, with everything else going on with Kota Ibushi right now, and everything else he's involved in, do they put him in a title match on one of the biggest shows of the year? So I I don't know the answer to that. But um, I guess we're about to find yeah, out. I'm not sure because that kind of takes him away from some of the stories, but I guess it doesn't yeah. take him away from the story. It just kind of delays the story. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Um, it's a weird time for him to have a title shot. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't do it, but I don't know that that they're thinking they can kind of delay the, the Golden Lovers, but it feels like you're so hot with the Golden Lovers thing that now he just gets like a title. And, and, I don't know. It's just kind of weird in that sense, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a story that they have in place. Because no th- we'll here's the thing. He has to lose. So do you really want him losing a high-profile match? Right, that's what I mean. I don't. I let him exist in a different world than the world title right now. He doesn't that, – that isn't to get involved in that right now. He's got bigger fish to fry right now. So yes. um, Yoshihashi, we're both giving a no percent no chance. chance. That, yeah, exactly. He's got nothing. Uh, Kota Bushi? Yeah, he could. I yeah, just he don't could. think he will. I don't like the story. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if he does. I just don't love the story that much. So I think uh, there's better options. You could do the gimmick where Omega's there cheering him on, I guess. or I, I don't know. I guess there's ways to do it. And Jay White did allude to it, so uh, you know, I, yeah. But I just don't, I, I don't see it happening. But I do uh, think he has a chance. Tetsuya Naito, Zack Saber Jr. That's a fun little first round matchup we got there. Uh, any thoughts on that match? Who you think is going to move on? Is this a possible upset for Zack Saber Jr. Or do you think Naito moves on pretty easily? Yeah, I think Saber could win the match, but I think Naito's winning the tournament. Okay, How that's interesting. That? Yeah. So I wonder though, what's weird though is like Naito and Ibushi just as like a random second round New Japan Cup match. Doesn't that feel like kind of a that's waste? What I mean, get upset. <laughs> it's like kind of a waste. Like I wouldn't do that. Like that's a match guys. you can headline. You can headline Sakura Genesis with that. Like that's why I think Yoshihashi yeah. could win, and that's okay. why Saber could win too. You know, and it's like, what do you think of Naito preventing the 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 record and winning the title? Interesting. Okay, so we so Tana so Okada beats Tanahashi to tie no, the record. No, Naito wins this tournament, and Naito wins the Okada tournament. Okada at Sakura Genesis. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Um. And okay, so he lost at Wrestle Kingdom, but he got the fucker by preventing him from tying the record, and yeah. he won the title. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I it doesn't feel like we're at that point now, but I guess we felt like we were at that point in Wrestle Kingdom and then it didn't happen. Let me so now it's like, let me, let, I hate yeah. fantasy booking. Here it is. All right. <laughs> fantasy book time. We need a, a graphic or a, you know, a fun little music play. But okay. Naito beats Okada at Sakura Genesis. Talk shit that he prevented him from tying Tanahashi's record. Okada wins G1. Naito beats Okada in the Tokyo Dome to get that monkey off his back as well. Okay, yeah. And I think that, that would serve all masters. I mean, if you're a Naito fan, you can't be disappointed by that story. Whereas you're bummed out when he loses at Wrestle Kingdom. But if they go through with that, he beats him twice in a row. And he he, he prevents him from tying the record. And he doesn't he let him. him yeah, he doesn't let him reach that, like, super legendary level of, of defeating yes. Tanahashi's record. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. 
And isn't that a totally Gato slow storyline kind of thing to do? To have Naito lose when everyone thinks he's going to win. And then when everybody thinks he's not ready, then he, he kind of comes up again. Oh, Naito is yeah. cold. They've cooled him off. What the fuck are they doing? And then he beats the guy twice in a row. Yeah, okay. I can see it. I mean, I totally can see it playing out that way. So that's my pick for New Japan Cup, which I never get right, by the way. So if you're a Naito fan, <laughs> so don't bet against, yeah, bet against that story happening. Yeah, but. I apologize if you're a Naito fan, but I'm picking him to win the tournament and win the title. Man, I gotta. I don't know who I want to pay. We're we're like down to the final four. I'm like, shit. I don't know who I think is gonna win this. With that said, Zack Saber Jr. could beat him in the first fucking round. I, I, I totally Fuck. concede that. Because, like you said, why are you gonna burn off Naito Abushi? No, that'd be silly. Don't One do of that. them is please don't do that. I want that match to happen, but don't do I that. I want now. it too. But from yeah, a business perspective, now. it's stupid. Now, I, now look. That being said, I have no idea what building that match would be in or anything like that. But I'm sure it's not a fucking ten thousand seater. So. You know, maybe we're just totally off base and people are, are laughing at us right now. But I, you know, it's like I would love to see that match, but I don't think it makes any business sense with any kind of build. I mean, you're going to do it what five day with a five day build or whatever. Yeah, let me let me find out where that arena would be. It would be either March 14th or the 15th. So let's let's see here because I'm very curious what that would. You know, if that's something they need to sell or they need to have people at or whatever, but that seems silly. I mean, it's a new Japan Cup, like you know, <laughs> that seems just a waste in general. But let's 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 see what two uh, buildings that could possibly be at. Maybe, maybe that'll give us a rough idea if that's possible, or they just don't care. I mean, but I feel like they know. I mean, right? Uh, the yeah, 15th I mean, is I... in Corican, but you don't need a, that match. No Corican. shot they're doing that match in Corican. Yeah, and Not then the other one is Shizoku or Shizaku, or I don't know what the, the, the some arena that's not doesn't matter. Yeah, so Fujisan Messe or whatever. <laughs> so no, it, it's like no, that no, no. Yeah, so one of them's losing. Yeah, there's no way. This is why that. I say Yoshihashi has a legitimate shot. Yeah, here. that'd be interesting. Okay, uh, he's got a he's got a pulse. Can I say that? Yeah, that's fine. A pulse. Yeah, I think Saber obviously has the better. Fuck, I, gotta, I gotta make a pick here, don't I? <laughs> We're down to four. Because the other thing about it is, okay, I'm talking myself out of Naito a little bit, but Saber's a good got to be Naito because then you could occupy more of Naito's time with a little Zack Sabre feud. Yeah, he gets, a they micro, have he gets a little micro feud, starts doing some stuff with Suzuki Gun. That's what he's been doing. Maybe he's he has a, a match with Suzuki, you know, at some point. Right. Naito, we get that Naito Taka thing. And, and they've already kind of, a, he's already started with Taichi. So this could be kind of the, the jump off point to a bigger feud with those guys. Yeah. And he had, he had, he's got these little mini feuds with Yoshihashi, Taichi. They do another one with Zack Sabre Jr. You could set it up with a loss here. I like your story though, but I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I it's a tough tournament to pick, man. I'm glad we don't do our pick. It always is. <laughs> Actually, we should do our pick again because it is fun, but I, it's a lot of work, so I'm not doing it anymore. And someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we're not doing it. Before people hear this, exactly. No, no, no. I, we're not doing it. Don't worry. I'm not. I, I told people weeks ago we weren't doing it at all because yeah. someone was going to get hurt. I would have set it all up and then like Tanahashi would be out and it'd throw the whole thing for a fucking loop. So I'm not doing that shit again because that's awful. All right, uh, final two. We have Toru Yano and Davy Boy Smith. That should be a barn burger there. That's. Yeah. This will be, yeah, it's probably be the worst first round match unless you're super into the Yano thing. Um, the winner, I mean, just flip a fucking coin. I mean, you would think Yano. I hope it's Davy Boy because Davy Boy in a second round could be good. I mean, that's a guy who every G1 yeah. would always deliver pretty well. So I hope that it's him and I hope it's not Yano because, you know. Yeah, but Yano's a guy who can go all the way to the final, you know? I mean, he can't <sighs> win it. Can't win it. And neither can Davy Boy to answer your, your next questions. But, um, Yano's a guy, can't you see him going all the way to the final? I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but yeah, definitely not looking forward to that match. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. 
<laughs> and then uh, the final first round match is Chucky e. T and Sonata. And of course, Chucky e. T taking over for uh, Trent, who is hurt and, and going to be out for a little while here. So Chucky e. T slides into the New Japan Cup. He's probably going to lose in the first round, but uh, man, I'd, I'd enjoy a little Chucky e. T semifinal run, but it's not happening at all. He's looking to lose in Sonata. And uh, so Chucky e. T, you have zero chance of winning this tournament, right? Yeah, this is the other match that I think is a mortal lock. Sonata's yeah. winning. Sonata's winning this for sure. Thoughts on Sonata winning the whole thing? Is it possible no, that Sonata goes through? Too, too soon. Okay. We just had a title match. He's not. And they're not going to do that in that building. Yeah, I'm right with you as well. So, I mean, neither guy can win the tournament, but I do think it's a mortal lock that Sonata wins the match. I think Sonata and Juice Robinson are your, are your absolute. I'd put 100% odds on both of them. All right. Now i got to decide who the hell I want to win this thing. <laughs> it's like, I thought Taichi was going to win the first round match, so that kind of knocks out Tanahashi. But Tanahashi, because if you look at this from the standpoint of, like you said, let's let's think of this not who's going to win the tournament, not the tournament. Who is main eventing against Okada at Sakura Genesis? You look at the, the names. Elgin isn't. Ishii probably is not. That doesn't quite work. Stupid, all that. Juice isn't. Yujiro isn't. Tanahashi could. Taichi isn't. Bad Luck Folly, I suppose, could, but probably not. Lance Archer is not. Yoshihashi is not. Obushi could. Naito could. Zack Sabre Jr. is not. Yano won't. Davey Boy won't. Chucky e. T won't. And Sonata won't. So we're stuck with Tanahashi, who doesn't lose in the first round. Or what are we at? Like Kotobushi and, and Tetsuya Naito, right? So we got three guys, basically. Yeah, you've got. And Folly, if you really want to, is a real dark horse. Folly, possibly. Yeah, you got Tanahashi, Ibushi, Naito. That's about it. Those are your choices. I mean. You know how uh, I think it's a mood for the Sakura Genesis show? That might be interesting. Let me let me do a quick little search and see if... Uh, the what for Sakura Genesis? Uh, the tickets. Okay, so here oh. we go. This is... Oh, that's last year's. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that would have been bad if I mentioned that. So, I was like, it's almost nearly sold out, but that was last year. Um, not seeing anything right now about it, so... Yeah, I mean, I know where you're going with that. Like, if it's sold out already... Like, do really... they need to? Does it matter that they blow a one? But yeah, it's still a big arena, big show or whatever. Yeah, they don't think that way. So I, I, you know, who, they know who the winner is now, and they're going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. They knew who the winner was probably, you know, two months ago. So they're not going to change course just if it sells out. They just don't do that. Right? Exactly. Oh man, who? You know, Rich, you don't have to pick a winner. No, I want to though. The, the people demand it. I don't know if the people actually demand it. Can I just enjoy the tournament and see what happens? Sure. Okay, no I'm going to do that. that. Do you have a pick? Do you have a stone cold lock, Joe? Maybe this will make you feel better. Okay. I'm watching college basketball right now, of course, because the conference tournaments are all over the place. There's like 19 games on. Um, I haven't filled out a March Madness bracket in probably half a decade. I just watch. That's probably surprising to you, but um, there's no reason you can't just watch the New Japan Cup, Rich. Right. I'm going to do it. Don't have to pick a winner. I don't have to stress out or whatever. Because, yeah, it's like I got, but I don't like any of the scenarios where any of those people that I mentioned go in there. I, I guess I like the Tayanahashi thing, but I like Taichi beating him. But I, right. that's a cool story, though. Again, like, I want that Tanahashi. I, I, but see, you sort of eliminated the story that I liked of Tanahashi. S- facing Okada for the you know the break the record or whatever. I like that idea versus him facing him to tie the record. But I get why they would maybe do that. I don't know. I guess Tanahashi's probably be my favorite, but I don't know. Yeah, there's a few guys. But I don't like any scenario. So we'll what the fuck you letting this stress you out? <laughs> I'm very stressed out. You can feel it. You can 
sense it in my voice. So that's all right. But uh, fun little tournament there. I mean, regardless, a lot of the fun first rounds. And really looking at this, the second round is one that I really look at. When you when you look at the potential matchups there, you got a potential of a, a, a Tomohiro Ishii from Juice Robinson into that. I got a potential for either Taichi or Tanahashi versus a Bad Luck Fale. That could be pretty fun as well. Taichi, not Taichi Bad Luck Fale. I actually do not want that at all. So actually, give me a Tanahashi Bad Luck Fale on that one. But um, as we said... I mean, I would be stunned, but an Abushi Naito possibility, uh, but a more realistic Abushi versus Zack Saber Junior possibility, which is also solid, or you know a Naito Yoshihashi, a, a Zack Saber Junior Yoshihashi. So a lot of cool scenarios in that little uh, matchup. And then, man, the bottom of the bracket. I mean, it's going to be Sonata versus either Yano or, or, or Dave Boy Smith Junior. Not as exciting there, but but still pretty fun. And then yeah, you look at the you know the third round matchups, and you got some fun. St- stuff in there as well so yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to this tournament a lot of good talent up and down and uh yeah very unpredictable still because you know neither of us can have really a, a lock or anybody that we're really looking to so it'll be fun to watch the coverage uh we'll have reviews of course up we have a very good preview as well obviously a lot of people listening to this that first show will have already happened but it's not too late to kind of jump into the preview uh andrew rich did a great preview breaking down the history of every guy uh doing it in his own little style and in his tone or whatever he of course uh, is the host of the music of the mat podcast on the voice wrestling uh podcast network does a great job with that and did a great job with that preview so if you're just kind of watching along with the new japan cup definitely check out that preview on uh, voicewrestling.com uh so definitely look at that all right, Joe, you're ready to go to the land of WWE, land of America. Couldn't be more excited. Oh, fast lane. We're on the fast lane of WrestleMania, Joe. It's not roadblock end of the line anymore. It is fast lane. Didn't uh, there was a year I think where they said whatever the fast line tagline was, they would say it every single time. The fast lane tagline. Um, I'm blanking on which, or was it just roadblock end of the line? Did they ever have a tagline for fast lane? I'm asking the wrong person, aren't I? Yeah, you are asking the last <laughs> person on earth that you should be asking. I have no fucking clue what you're talking I think, about. I, you know, I'm thinking of Roadblock End of the Line. That was the thing last year where we kept having to say Roadblock End of the Line before. Um, but Fastlane is, is just, you know, the Fastlane to WrestleMania. So that's not the actual tech. Fastlane, Joe, <laughs> let's talk about this show. Because man, oh man, Brian Armstrong, Road Dog, he is booking up a storm right now in SmackDown. You got Becky Lynch and Naomi versus Natalia and Carmella. Joe, what are your thoughts? What's your pick? The people need to know. How can I have any thoughts on this match? <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even. I mean, look, I have no problem with like an undercard match that means nothing. Like we just talked about two undercard matches on the old, old, old New Japan show that meant nothing, but they went out there and kicked ass and had good matches, and that could happen here. But how can I have any thoughts on this? You know, I just hope they go out there and have a good match. How about that? Is that hot takey enough for That's a podcast? Or? I hope I hope everybody is healthy after the match and has a great meal afterwards. I hope they go out there and have a three and a quarter star match like the Young Lions did against the old guys. You know, I did that would be great. You know, but I can't have any other feeling on this. <laughs> I, I don't know what you want from me. No, I, I, I want nothing more from you. I want you to stop talking about this match. <laughs> I mean, I could do ten more minutes of this. Please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. We're gonna okay. uh, the our fast lane uh, road to WrestleMania preview might not be uh, the longest thing in the world. Okay, let's get to this now. This one I know is hot and heavy. It's Rusev versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know where he's been, but uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, everybody. Yeah, against Rusev. So Rusev's gonna eat another pin here because they're not gonna <laughs> beat Nakamura with him. You know, headed to WrestleMania to face AJ Styles. Now look. I have some interest here because, I mean, shit, if they go out there and they want to. Yeah. I mean, both guys could have an awesome match. I mean, like, in a vacuum, it's Nakamura versus Rusev. 
But wouldn't you be more confident in this match if it was taking place at New Japan Cup rather than the Fast Lane Room Room? I'd be, I'd be. That was the Room Room. That was what it was last year. Thank you for remembering. But uh, I'd be more confident if this happened in any other promotion in the entire world than this company right now. So Nakamura's, uh, you know, interest levels and things that aren't important combined with. You know, I don't know if Rusev, he's just busy doing his Rusev Day comedy shit. And, you know, they have, they're have they never going to do a thing with Yeah, Rusev. he's just getting himself over now. He's just having fun, which I guess, you know, you reach that point where you don't really care anymore and you just kind of fuck around and do whatever. So, But maybe we get lucky because I know these two guys have a great match in them. I just am not confident it's going to happen here. Why has Shinsuke not been on TV or done anything? Do you know? He won the Royal Rumble. He did. And then he uh, tagged with AJ Styles in, on January 30th. And then a month later, on my birthday, he wrestled Aiden English. Happy birthday. Well, hold on now. Did he did he coexist with AJ Styles? That's the important thing. <laughs> right. Are they, did he coexist? God, Road Dog fucking sucks so much. Road Dog is really building oh a reputation oh, as an God, all-time bad booker. Jesus I mean, it, and it's Look becoming, at this roster it's, they it's have. Snow. Look at the people they have on this roster. And it's snowballing. I mean, he's really building as one of the worst bookers of all time. Oh, God. It's, just, it's bad. The, the, the TV show is bad. Um, now, look, I don't know if it's totally fair when the big guy is overseeing everything. And I'm not sure. talking about Ryan 33. I'm talking about the big guy. Um, you know, but look, it's like we have given credit and given demerits to people who were in charge of shows or brands in WWE before. Right. Your Ryan Wards of the world, you know, would sure. emerge from the muck and, 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 and yeah, we'd still, you know, whoever give them the case may be, over, yeah. Dave Lagana, Ryan Ward, uh, whoever at any given time, Dusty Rhodes, Paul Heyman, uh, you know, through the years or whoever's the showrunner is on whatever given brand. So it's not like I'm absolving road dog. I mean, he's the one, handing the thing to Vince every week, you know, and, 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 you know, has his, has his say on, 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 you know, it's like, we don't know what's going, if I can play devil's advocate, we don't know if road dog is all about the show being dominated by Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan's bickering. We don't know if it, if, if, if that's his idea that he is standing behind or if Vince is steadfastly, you know, demanding that that's what the show is built around. Now, if you look at history, that's got Vince McMahon's fingerprints all over it. I mean, let's be honest. This guy loves his authority figures and he loves pushing his own family. Um, so, you know, you know, just to play devil's advocate, maybe we're putting too much blame on this guy. But the bottom line is, is, is you know, he's the showrunner and, you know, it's, it's on him to some extent. And it's not good. It has not been good. The the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens stuff is atrocious. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, you know, I mean, actually, so, I actually go out of my way to not watch those things. It's like you know what I mean. It's <laughs> those are two of my favorite guys ever. And it started like, off so right. promising. <laughs> Sami Zayn was a great, and he still is. It's just the material they're given is horrendous. And and the the, the and this has been a SmackDown problem for for a while now. The best matches on SmackDown can never happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. The best built stuff on the show is stuff that never in a million years is going to happen. It's, right. So it's like, you know, either you back in the day you had the Miz and Dana Bryan. That was never going to happen. 
But yeah. that was the best built thing. And everybody was clamoring for that. Now you have Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. That's not, I mean, I, I don't really think anyone's clamoring for it, but it's what half the show is, is, is building to right. that feud and that match. And it's like, well, no, but I mean, you're not going to pay it off. And then all, everybody else is just floating around in this muck while all these things that can't possibly happen are the focus of the show. It, it's it's yeah. just beyond silly, but. It's a hard show to watch. I mean, you know, there's weeks where I fast forward a lot of it. Yeah. Or there's weeks where I zone out on a lot of it because I just don't give a fuck. I mean, and I have so many guys on the show that are hard to give a fuck about to begin with, like Randy Orton's and your Jinder Mahal's. I mean, I don't care about, it's impossible to invest me in Jinder Mahal. And well, I guess we might as well jump to that match, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Jesus. Oh, I guess you want to go to that one right now. I might as well. I brought it up. All right, let's do it. So you got Bobby Roode defending his United States championship against Randall Orton. Yeah, Joe, so that's, that's the that's a ring of hell match for me, man. That's good. God. And, and you know, and it would have been, I don't Mahal, know if it would have been better or worse if Jinder was in there. He's been inserted into the feud, right? Um, I don't know what the fuck is going on with that, but I mean, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton has a chance. Okay, over under four stars from Dave Meltzer. Oh, God. Isn't um, this a Dave Meltzer match yeah, all the way? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like a great worked match. You know, it was worth methodical. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the classic line for Jericho Ward? Was it Jericho Ward? No, the, the two professionals doing professional. What was his classic line? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, just a, and a good, nobody else liked the match. Wasn't it a yeah. good, solid professional wrestling match? Two, it was like two professionals doing what they do best. It was something like that. And no one else on earth thought it was a good match. It was just like ex- – it was a match that existed. And this totally is going to be a match that exists. These are two guys that just exist, and they're never terrible, and they're rarely great. And this is such a Meltzer special. If this was a ladder match, it might go five fucking stars <laughs> with the ladder bump, ladder. the Orton bump. Yeah, because you get the ladder bump, the, or- the Orton bump, and the Rude bump from-, from Big Dave. I mean, that's got all the ingredients you need, you know? So, I mean, oh, God, does this look dry as a bone? <laughs> I'm already bored. I'm bored. I'm bored hearing you talk about it. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm falling asleep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Roode. Maybe a Jinder run in. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Could you in a million years care who wins this match? Do you give a shit no. about any part no, of it? Oh, okay. God. How <laughs> can you care who wins Bobby Roode. <laughs> I gotta review this shit. Oh god! Jesus I have to god. write words about this. Yeah, that's. Ugh. And then come on here and talk about it. I mean, to I be fair, to... there's gonna if you like if you like solid hard cam headlocks, this is gonna be your match, man. They are oh, gonna yeah. fucking gonna play that hard cam is gonna get a workout tonight, but no doubt about it. I have to watch this twice, <laughs> write a review about it, and then talk about it here. Oh god. All right, let's move on to bigger and better things here. Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Riot. SmackDown Women's Championship match. What are your thoughts on this one? Your hot takes on Ruby Riot and this Charlotte be good. Flair. Yep. Big spot for Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot, biggest match in her career, easily. So that's one of the things we do here, right? That's one of our things. Biggest match of this yep. person's career. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest match of Ruby Riot's career. Oh, and I always like that. That's always. That's always interesting to me when someone is in the biggest match of their career. You know, that's that's a thing I pay attention to and that I get excited about to see how they perform. And this could be good. I mean, but Charlotte, 
you know, she could be a little sloppy. I think that's fair to say. And there's always that element with Charlotte where it could fall apart. Um, but this could this could be good as long as there's no shenanigans, you know. As long as Ruby's, uh, we don't know why their friends, partners don't interfere. Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. I still don't know why this these people this this faction exists. They never tell us. Right, and and what people bring up all the time is if you go on social media, they're like hanging out with each other. They're in hotel rooms together. They're hanging out. Okay, that's and great, but I don't care. Like, I still don't know why they're friends. Like, give me yes. motivation. Why did this unit decide? Hey. Let's all join up and start fighting, and we'll call ourselves the Ruby Squad or the you know the Riot Squad or whatever. We're going to join up and like there has to be some reason why you became a team and why you formed, why you debuted, why Ruby's the leader. There's nothing. It's just like people that exist in a group yeah. together. It, it, Listen, I understand that they are friends. I understand that, but you haven't told us why it they are. Means nothing to me. Right. I, I want to know why these three people with three very different gimmicks who were not aligned in NXT are in an alliance with each other. Why are they following Ruby Riot? Why is Liv Morgan following Ruby Riot? What makes explain to me why they exist and what they're doing. I don't give a fuck if they like each other's posts on Instagram. I don't care. Right. It's nothing to me. Like in, in my universe, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan would never talk to each other. Never, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Like they and look like two different people. And Sarah Logan's just this other like not n- these three people look like they'd have nothing in common ever. You know what I mean? Like, no. given how their characters look and how their characters act and sort of the idea of what their characters should be. Like, what does no. Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan have in common? This is CM Punk, Enzo Amore, and Hillbilly Jim in a fashion. <laughs> hey, whoa. So that's why cool. the, but that's what they are. That's what the three yeah. of them are. You know? You've got Ruby Riot as CM Punk, Liv Morgan is Jersey Trash Enzo, and Sarah Logan is Hillbilly Jim. It's like, why are – just give me a reason. They never have. There has to be a common bond between them, and we've never heard what that is. Why are they following? What makes Ruby Riot the leader? And yeah, that's the big thing too. Is like it's always you know how does this person emerge as a leader? Why does Ruby Riot emerge as a leader? I knew why CM Punk was leading fucking um, straight edge society. The straight edge society, and I knew why they were following him. I the motivations were there. The explanations. Ray Wyatt, Wyatt family made sense. I exactly. What is the and it's the, look and I, and the page and absolution same thing. Page and her two minions. Why? They've done a little better of a job there because Page comes out and and says like, look, there's power in numbers. We got to band together. I I've been overlooked in my role in the women's revolution, and there's power. And she told Bailey last week, there's power in numbers. Join us. There's a so they've done a little better with those three. These three are just – they're just there, and here they are, and it bothers me. Yeah, loose scraps. Like, it feels like just scraps of people that they just threw together and said, all right, here you go. Go ahead. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this match too because it's a big moment for Ruby Riot, and, and she's great, and, and Charlotte Flair, again, she can be great too. But it's like, yeah, you've always had that thing in the back of your head where you know Charlotte can kind of fall off the rails a little bit, and it could be bad in that sense. But I, I, I'm led to believe that it's probably going to be pretty good. It has a, a real chance – Maybe not being the best match on the entire show, but maybe even the second best match on the entire show. Or it might be the best. I don't know. I feel like this next match we're going to talk about is going to be the best because, I, I mean, Jesus Christ, these guys have done it a thousand times now. The Usos versus the New Day for the Tag Team Championships, Joe. Yeah, it's going to be mean, fucking I'm awesome. I'm happy because it's going to be you know? good, but it's, ah, Jesus, there's not another team? Like, you can't figure out something, but whatever. It's, okay, Rich, you're going to be real happy for this match after you watch Bobby Roode and Randy Orton. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So don't complain. You're right. You're right. Don't complain. SmackDown stinks. The booking stinks. But at least they get a good match out of it. They're going to give me a match that could be a four-star match. I'm not going to complain about it. You know, so, and we'll see who works it. It really doesn't matter. Um, 
you know, on the new day side. So definitely looking forward to it. And, and it's a ma- and there could be a title change here too. It doesn't really matter what they do with these titles. So. Yeah, right. They can flip flop. Um, yeah. Then your main event, a six pack challenge, Joe. I know you love six pack challenges. Uh, WWE Championship. You got AJ Styles defending his title against John Cena, who desperately needs to win this, or he's not going to be in WrestleMania. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Dolph Ziggler. So they're doing elimination chamber without the pods and without the eliminations. I guess so. Why this is a is six it's pack not, challenge? It's no, there's no elimination. Oh, it's the first guy to score a pin. Yep, and strike that from the record. They're not doing elimination. <laughs> right. Is that really how this works? The six I believe pack? so. I believe a six pack challenge is, is, is indeed. Yeah, it doesn't. So, uh, so the, you got your you got your triple threat match. That's what they call it, right? Yeah. You got your fatal four way. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it, right? Fatal five way too. I believe they it extends to the five way as well. I believe they've called it. I was going to say I don't think they have a cute name for the five. No, I think they've called it a fatal five way in the past, but I, I, I could be wrong. Okay, so six pack challenge is this their cutesy name for first fall wins? Yep, that's just what they call a six way match. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, Rich, I've never had a six way match. You've never, or they've never. I have never had a six way. Well, that seems like a lot of people. I mean, that, that, that's just an people. orgy at that point, right? That's an orgy. I think a six way is an orgy, um, or if it's it's a gang bang, if it's like five of one sex, right? Right. Uh, was that fair to say? What's your line for gang bang? I was talking <laughs> I about. This I don't earlier. have a line, Joe. Believe it or not, I. I think. But go I ahead. don't think but... three is. I I think is three on one a gang bang or does it, I. I'm somewhere torn between three and four for where uh, I call it a gangbang. I think three is at that point already. You'd call three a gangbang? Yeah, I would. I would. Six is a gangbang. That's very much. That a is a yes. fucking gangbang. That's very much, and that's very much an orgy. If you've got a lot of mixed sexes involved, that's six is an orgy. You're right. I think that's the orgy line. Is five an orgy? I think five's that's, an orgy. Yeah, man, is it? I don't think four is an orgy. Four is definitely not an orgy. No. I think five is an orgy. What do you think? Because you got the one person who's kind of flip flopping and, and jumping into wherever they need to be. Five is see four. You're going to pair off. You know, yeah, you have to go. But five, you got that extra one floating around that can that, you know the free agent that can go any way and do anything. Yes, you got John Cena involved. <laughs> All right. So that is to me to me the line for an orgy is five. To me, a line for a gangbang. You're saying it's three on one is a gangbang. A three on one uh, handicap so, yes. match. Right. So the three on one handicap match is a gangbang. Yes. Right. But the two-on-one handicap match is not a gangbang. That's just the menage a trois. That's a three-way. Yeah, yeah. That's just a three-way. Yeah. That's, that's a three-way dance. Okay. I think I'm with you. I think the three-on-one handicap match is indeed a gangbang. I would call that a gangbang. Um, and I would say, yes, I think the line for an orgy is five individuals. But they has to be mixed sex. Because if you have only one of one of the sexes, it's, it's then a gangbang. Gang it's back orgy. to a gangbang again. Yes, correct. I think we sorted that out pretty easily. I no, think we did. We did yeah, a nice that's pretty job. good. Right, we should report that. I don't know if that's – is that the official – is there like an official rule book anywhere? In place? I, well, I think we just wrote it, okay. honestly. I'll, I'll, and I think I'll, that, I'll check out Wikipedia later and see if that's uh, that's official. But um, you know what? we uh, got time. I between, and right I think now. there's also – we can take it a step further. I think the gauntlet match – in order for it to be a gauntlet match slash running train – it has to be one person at a time engaging with the individual. In other words, if everyone's in the room at once, that's not running train. That's a gangbang. Okay. Are you ready for the Wikipedia? Um, this is from their source is Swingland Between the Sheets of Secret, Seductive, uh, Sometimes Messy, but Also Adventurous Swinging Lifestyle by Daniel Stern. That's I don't know way too Yeah, it's a very long title. I hope very that it's wordy. Daniel Stern of acting fame. 
I hope so. Too. I hope it is that he. Wrote I hope it. that's Kevin Arnold's adult voice. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but that is way too wordy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. It's got a butt. It's like a love... semicolon. Like there's a lot going there. Yeah, you can't have too much punctuation. It's a. But I really hope that Kevin Arnold's going to explain to me what a gangbang is. <laughs> okay. Because that would be fantastic. Uh, here's what he says. So gangbangs are not defined by the precise number of participants, but usually involve more than three people and may involve a dozen or more. When a gangbang is organized specifically to, to culminate with the near sti- simulate. Oh, God, Jesus. Okay. What, oh, we're getting into weird. Okay, that's, that's like a Bukaki thing. Okay, we don't need to get into that right now. So anyway, what they say is gangbangs. There's always time for Bukaki. No, there's mean? not. No, it, it's detailed. We don't need to get into that. Uh, gangbangs are not determined by the precise number of participants, but usually involve more than three people and may involve a dozen or more. Okay, I, dis- I disagree with Kevin Arnold because so I think. A, yeah, so, and here's another definition just to give it. So a gangbang yeah. is a situation in which several people engage in physical sexual activity with one particular individual or at the same time. The person is the central focus of the activity. For example, one woman or man surrounded by several men or women. Yes, I agree with that. There, do, there does have to be a central focus. I agree with that. Um, but I don't agree with Kevin Arnold, what he had to say. So I do agree with that. I do think the difference between a gangbang and running train would be the gangbang, everyone's involved. I think if you have like for it to be called like running train, you have to have one person at a time doing the central focus person. So there would be, that would be where I would draw the distinction there. I'm glad we sorted this out. I think we did a good job and uh, you know, we, we've, we've got some clear definitions here. Yeah. The, like the orgy definitions go off on a, on a different rail here. They, they say in modern usage and orgy, this is from Wikipedia again, in modern usage and orgy is a sex party where guests freely engage in open and unrestrained sexual activity or group sex. So that's okay, all look, do. we, we don't think it's the swingers thing. They they really like the swingers yeah. on, on Wikipedia. They're all about like the swingers, and it's like you, you know you can do it and not be a swinger, yeah, you know, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you can have an orgy without being a swinger. Right, I, I, they're big enough. Yeah. I don't think a couple, like even if a couple engages in an orgy as a one-time thing, I do not think that makes them swingers. I just think that means they had a wild night. I think to be a swinger, you have to frequently engage. That's like your thing. Like every Friday, yes. we're going to this house and we're swinging, baby. Let's and we're going to bang this couple. Full swap. Full swap. You know what I mean? That's Then you're a swinger. Okay? So I don't think if a couple just finds themselves in a, in a wacky scenario on a fucking random time, that doesn't make you a swinger. I think you frequently have to partake. Okay. And I agree with you, too. The full swap. I, 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 the, 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 the same room sex or the soft swap? No. You're not really a swinger. To me now, unless you do that all the time, you know. So yeah, I think I think we've got this sorted out. I think we got it. So that's the sick back challenge. Um, Are you a full swap guy? No, <laughs> I, am I, not. I knew I knew what your answer was going to be, but because <laughs> you're super uncomfortable right now, I I you know, but that's how you get from a six pack challenge that we don't give a fuck about to defining what a gangbang yeah, is. And, and we did what, care about that. And there was the passion came back to us that we did our fast lane preview and we were morose and, and lazy, but now we got back and we got really into that too. So that was good. We, we were clear. Okay. Uh, Styles winning this going to face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has to. The interesting thing is where they go with Cena. Yeah. Well, cause he's not in WrestleMania then. Right. I mean, he just can't be the bill. Yeah, he's he can't be, be on WrestleMania, Joey. If he doesn't win, he's off WrestleMania. They might not find a spot. Um, for him. He's got to go on spring break. He's going to be on Joey Janela's show against Glacier. I have shit. Have an exclusive. Uh oh. I know what he's doing at WrestleMania. I got it confirmed. Bloodsport. Nope. He's a no, WrestleMania. Fight. I'm not. Like this Nick not, Cage, right? Okay. Not, 
This is not shtick, my friend. Oh, okay. I thought I've had this in my back pocket. All right, what do you got? No. He's going to be marching down that ring for the Andre with Curtis Axel <laughs> and whatever NXT geek they bring out. Yes, that's right. No individual introduction. He's just going to do that long <laughs> yeah. march when they bring oh, out. Is that John Cena? That's John Cena. You know, yeah. That parade of guys, hopefully in their SmackDown and Raw branded shirts, because I know you love that. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I want that for the Andre this year. We can toss in the purple 205 live shirts. We can toss in the the, the black and yellow NXT yeah, shirts. Yeah, little NXT just, is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could just have a literal gangbang of T-shirts in the ring for the Andre Battle World. Or would that be an orgy of T-shirts? Uh, that would be an orgy be a, for sure. That'd be no, an orgy yeah. of T-shirts. For a gangbang, it would have to be like one guy from NXT against everyone else with the same shirt. As Rich desperately wants to move on, <laughs> so that's that's your that's your exclusive here on the uh, hour deep in hour three of of the show. That's, that's right. John Cena's in the Andre. He's in the Andre. I'm and surprised they're going to let him on there because he said if he doesn't win this match, he's not on WrestleMania. I think the final. So what report, makes look, you so confident that they would put him in the Andre Battle Royal? Because what, what know, has he's he done? What has he guy. done, Joe, to deserve even the Andre Battle Royal? I not only is he going to be in the Andre. He looked at the sign and said, if I don't win this match, I'm not at WrestleMania. And then pointed at the side, Joe. I also have another one for you. Rhino's throwing him out. Dear God. Wow. Wow. He's going to take that gore, you know, (laughs) and then he's just going to take him. Is he going to go in the ring and put all of his, uh, his gear in the ring too? like get his sweatbands off. (laughs) He's going to, yeah, he's going to, with to no fanfare. He's going to do that outside the ring. Yes. You know, it's it's while Bo Dallas is struggling with with the ten guy, you know, to, to throw each other out. John Cena is going to be removing his his multicolored wristbands and placing them on the outside. Of the, he's going to be handing them to a boy fan, maybe a girl, and uh, you know, just quietly making his exit. You know, next to the ramp because they don't leave up the ramp. You know, you got to leave next to the ramp, and then he'll be gone. But that's it. He's getting thrown out by Rhino. He's, he's going to gore him and then grab him by those jorts and just toss him out of the ring. <laughs> it's all over for Cena. The rest that's of the dream is over. Yeah, that's it. Wouldn't it be great if they did that, though, like and really went all the way with this? Yeah, where he's like legitimately like just in the battle royal and just gets, like, in the battle royal. And he's just like, fuck, yeah. what do I do now? Like, I'm fucked. In, not only in the battle royal, but like the ninth guy eliminated where yeah. it's just like a guy that just gets eliminated in the match. Just the guy that gets yeah. eliminated. It's not a <laughs> highlighted elimination. It's not like the first guy out or the last guy out. He's not in the final four. He has no story within the match. He's just like the ninth guy out, and he gets yeah. thrown out by, yeah, by, by Rhino. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. You know? Uh, any chance of anybody else winning? You think Styles is a mortal lock to win this? I mean, Baron yeah, Corbin's not fucking winning, of course, and Dolph Ziggler's not winning, and, and Owens and Zayn are going to do their little thing or whatever. It's Styles for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be Styles Nakamura. Yeah. I mean, Cena's hinted around of wanting to be involved in that match at WrestleMania, which Joe, they would, they are you are you implying that the WWE would maybe force a guy into a match that they don't need to be in just to get everybody on the show? But no, stop, I, get out of here. I'm just listen, for a title here for to, a title, Joe. No, there's some sanctity. This is, they don't do that. In this this is what we do. I've got to cover all bases. Yeah, <laughs> right. but we do. He's absolutely doing that, right? Yes. Like, would it shock you if, like, Braun found a way into the, the, the WWE or the Universal title and then Cena found a way into this title? And I don't think they're ways? going to. Like, it would it think... stun you if that was the case? I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying that, like, full I don't think that's going to happen. But stun it would me. I, yeah. There's more of a chance for Cena than Braun, though, because I don't think they want to interfere in Roman's moment. But um, 
Yo, Cena for sure. I could see them doing it. Yeah. But because they probably there's someone's gonna get a bug up their ass and say ah Styles and Nakamura is not enough we need to have you know something else in there. Yeah. John Cena's that something else yeah I could I could definitely see that yeah I I, I, I tend to agree with you that the Brock Reigns probably is better off just being itself and they're kind of telling their own little story with that one and, and kind of shoehorning Braun in there wouldn't really work but you can shoehorn Cena into this because it's like what, what story is there Styles and Nakamura haven't done shit yeah they haven't they coexisted briefly like you said on you know January 30th and that's all they've done so it's like yeah you can you can definitely do that but. Uh, that's Fastlane, guys. I know you're pumped. We're pumped. Uh, we got a preview up on the website, voicewrestling.com, and we'll have a review as well. We'll be tweeting about it all night as well. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff on Fastlane Vroom Vroom. I can't wait. Joe can't wait. He's salivating, just waiting for that Bobby Roode, uh, Randy Orton. But uh, that's that's Road Diggity Dogs uh, SmackDown. So, there you go. <laughs> good stuff there. Uh, we got Friday. Uh, Friday night. ROH pay-per-view, the 16th anniversary show. We just had... New Japan's 46th anniversary show. ROH has got their 16th anniversary show. And Joe, uh, it's coming up Friday. Uh, the main event, of course, will be Dalton Castle defending his ROH World Championship against Jay Lethal. Some other fun stuff on the show as well. The Motor City Machine Guns versus the Briscoes. That's for the uh, ROH World Tag Team titles. You got Cody R versus Matt Taven. Uh, Punishment Martinez versus Marty Skrull. And that's for a future ROH World title shot. You got the Hung Bucks, which is Adam Page. Uh, and, of course, the Young Bucks. Versus SoCal and Sancho versus Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Uh, it's an LA, uh, Las Vegas street fight for the uh, six-man tag team titles. I uh, got Flip Gordon versus Hiromu Takahashi. Kenny King versus Silas Young. There's a lot of matches on the show, too. Kenny King versus Silas Young for the TV title. And you got pre uh, two pre-show matches, which, of course, are both the Winner of Honor matches. You got Sumisaki versus Hana Kimura. And then Tennille Dashwood, of course, the former Emma versus Brandy Rhodes. What are your thoughts on Brandy Rhodes going to the pre-show, Joe? And Emma on the well, pre-show. Are you upset? No, okay. um, they're gonna. I've been told they're gonna show that on Ring of Honor TV. Um, but it's like they're having a quarterfinal match, and like the first round's not even over yet. That's a little weird. Um, but yeah, those two matches. I guess they're trying to hook people into watching the pre-show by using the women as the draw here. Um, you know, and that's fine. I just it, it's Brandy Rhodes just stinks. You know, that's that's my my concern there. But um. As far as the rest of the show goes, it's it, it's actually a lot of it has been very well built. I mean, I've, I've, I'm all caught up on the TV. Motor City Machine Guns Briscoes is going to be a hell of a match for the tag team titles. I mean, um, you know, Dalton Castle defends against Jay Lethal. They've built up Jay, Jay Lethal well enough. And even that Marty Skrull Punishment Martinez match, I mean, because, you know, they announced that Jay Lethal was getting the title shot. And Marty Skrull came out and was like, well, what about me? You know, I, I would like a title shot. And, uh, you know, Jay Lethal basically told him to get in line. And, and then they set up the, the punishment Martinez Skrull match. And Skrull said, all right, well, look, when you beat Dalton Castle, because I'm confident that you will, I'm going to beat punishment Martinez. And then I'm going to beat you for the Ring of Honor world title. So there's a lot going on there. These aren't just they didn't just randomly throw these matches, those two matches together. The Hung Bucks versus SoCal Uncensored, they already had a match on Ring of Honor TV. And they did the dusty finish where SoCal Uncensored won the titles under nefarious, you know, situations. And for some reason, Bully Ray came out and reversed the decision and restarted the match. I don't know where he got that authority, but I guess <laughs> we won't <laughs> worry about that. But like, I guess if you retire eight times in a year, you're allowed to just make your own matches. So, yeah. So now they're making this one a street fight because, you know, these two just have un- unfinished business and the wacky finish and the dusty finish from last time. I mean, it's a Bucks match. And there's a bunch of other good people in it. So you know that's going to be good. Flip Gordon Hiromu, well, shit, doesn't oh, a Jesus. lot of stuff make sense now? 
I mean, you know, they traded pins in Japan and now they're going to have a singles match here. And that has a chance to be excellent, you know? Um, you know, so they, we've seen them go against each other in a menage a trois and we've seen them go against each other in, in a full swap match. So, you know, now we're going to get them in a singles match one-on-one. So, um, looking forward to that. Kenny King against Silas Young. Those two guys have been feuding for the TV title. So, look, the, there's not much on here that's just thrown together. The booking has been good leading into this show. And there are, you know, I, I look at this and the only match that I really don't have any interest in is Cody versus Matt Taven. I mean, in a lot of ways, Cody Matt Taven is like Bobby Roode, Randy Orton of Ring of Honor. I mean, I just can't get into either guy. Um, so that's going to hurt it. And I mean, Kenny King, Silas Young, that's a good example where at least it's been well booked. So I'm kind of into it. Right, right. And those guys are, are fine. But it's like, yeah, it's yeah. hard to be like super excited about a Kenny King, Silas Young match. But it'll be fine. It's not going to be bad. And and that's, I think, one of the things like, you know, the, the old like, oh, I didn't even know there was an ROH pay-per-view this Friday. Or, oh, you know, th- those jokes aside or whatever. Overall, this show, even though nothing really jumps out as like, oh, my God, that's incredible. I can't wait to see that. Everything looks solid. Like, what is the match that, like, again, Cody Matt Taven is probably the only one, but there's a, a big subset of the audience that's going to really be into that match and really love that. It's just oh, not for yeah. us. But otherwise, everything else in that looks good. Punishment Martinez, Marty Scrolls, a great matchup. Flip Gordon Hiromu's great. Uh, the SoCal Uncensored, Hung Bucks is, is solid. Guns versus the Briscoes. Yeah, the Guns versus the fucking Briscoes. Like, that's great. And, and, and Castle Lethal, I mean, that's going to, again, be one of those matches where people are like, ah, that was just okay, but that's kind of what ROH main events are these days. But really, there's nothing bad. I mean, my least favorite match or my least anticipated match is Cody and Taven and even that has fine you know what I mean and like there's I, I get what audience that's for it's not for me it's not for you but there's an audience that that match is for and that's fine and and even those women of honor matches are pretty interesting I, I'm really interested in seeing how Emma sort of does um you know against Brandon Rhodes and, and, and stuff like that I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see them but you know if they're available on TV or whatnot I might check them out but yeah otherwise it's it's like it's a show that we kind of like, and it's kind of the, the common thing now to just kind of laugh at Ring of Honor pay-per-views, but that's a solid one. It's a solid top to bottom show. And, 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 you know, they've had a lot of ones that we've kind of rolled our eyes at and went, Oh geez, that looks, but everything top to bottom looks great on the show. Yeah. I mean, at least the women's matches or tournament matches. I can't get into Brandy Rhodes. I just can't. Um, so that takes a lot of it away from me. And Emma, I liked her in WWE well enough. And at, at points I really liked her, but I don't know. I it, I know people are into her right well, now. She, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the, the mindset. And I, and I think like, and again, I don't think this is a super hot take, but she was one that like when she sort of emerged and was doing some stuff, it was like, oh my, you know, she was really breaking a lot of ground. And, and But she's been so lapsed. And I think so many people now we see, like go back, you go back and watch that Emma Page match. It was great at the time, like unbelievable at the time. It still holds up and it's still good now, but we've seen 15 matches better between women and WWE. But at that time, it was like, oh, my God. Like, look what they're doing. And that's sort of been the Emma thing forever. It's like, I think people have this inflated sense of what she is and what she can do. And she's fine. She's good. But it's not like she's incredible or some big-time thing. But people are going to see her and stuff. So, I don't know. I mean, she's a her draw. Indie, her I get it. Run. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, whatever, you know. Her indie run is going way better than I thought it would. Yeah. I'll say that. I, I can't how dumb they were. Not, how could they not find anything for her to do? I don't know. Like, how could you not have, like... She was a jobber. They used her as a jobber. It's unbelievable. But, I mean, I, her indie run, I mean, I, I can't believe the interest level people have in her. It's blowing me away. I, I, I'm i pretty surprised. i got to be honest. I'm surprised she's getting the price she's asking for. I mean, I would have told her to go kick rocks asking for that. But, I mean, she's she drew for WrestlePro. Yeah. I mean, got to give credit where it's due. Um, You know, I thought maybe there was some weird deal here that it was on the pre... Because she's been... I know for a fact... 
she's been negotiating with promoters, not just the rate to work the shows, but also how the match is distributed. Um, you know, she would not allow her WrestlePro match to be streamed on Twitch. Um, and, you know, the, the, so I thought maybe something was going on here where it was like, oh, maybe she doesn't want to appear on pay-per-view for some reason, or maybe she wants more money to appear on pay-per-view. Um, but I, I don't know. But, I, you know, the word now is that the match will eventually air on TV. Um, we'll see. But um, her indie run is weird, and it's surprising, and it's just it's some, I don't know. It's just it's yeah, been it's surprising pretty, yeah. to me. Like I don't know anybody who's gone and bought a ticket because she was on a show, but there are people that are. So I mean, it's like again, there we is talk about- no fucking prayer I'd ever buy a ticket to see Tennille Dashwood wrestle on a show. Yeah. I, but look, to each their own. I mean, yeah, and that's what we say. Like we live in our little bubbles, and we assume that that little bubble is everybody, but it's not. Like again, my little bubble. There's not one human being that's saying, "Oh my god, I can't wait to go see Emma on the Indies or whatever." But there's a bubble that is, and they're doing it. So it's like, yeah, you, you, sometimes you have to think beyond the bubble and think beyond what you see and what you hear or whatnot because they, they exist. You know, wrestling fans exist out of that, and that's kind of the ROH thing. Like in our little bubble. ROH is, is kind of just an afterthought at the yeah, whatever. Okay, they do good stuff, but there's a bubble that loves them. And the show, I mean, it sold out a bunch of I, I know it sold well. It's gonna do well on pay-per-view. The Supercard of Honor is doing well and selling well. So it's just like again. New York it, City it, just sold out and it was a yeah. terrible lineup. It was a terrible the, the, the card was bad. Right. And it's so, again, like and, and I said going to those Ring of Honor shows, that's kind of a, a weird experience as well, because you go and it's nobody that you remember from the old ROH. The crowd reacts different, they don't even slap the barricade. It's a whole different audience that's been created. And our bubble sort of moved on from it in some ways but there's a new bubble emerging of people that are watching it and really enjoy it so it's like you know sometimes and this shows a perfect example of it it's a, it's that show's going to get a lot of buzz in outside of our bubble and our bubble might you know just kind of be like ah, eh, whatever it's, it's just- i mean it, this show looks good i mean yeah. I, I you know and the, the, the tv here's the thing about roh tv it's pretty fucking awesome from an in-ring perspective it's always good well, we say that every year you could vote it for 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 show of the year if you really want it's a boring ass pick but like you could absolutely do it yeah, I mean, it's right on the tail of 205 Live right now in terms of, you know, in terms of action. It's, it's a better wrestling show than NXT. It's just not as compelling as NXT because NXT, you know, it's 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 hard for me to, to put a finger why. But it's like ROH sometimes comes off a little dry and, it, and ROH comes off in terms of it, it, sometimes it's a little harder to care about everybody on the show. But in terms of bell-to-bell action – it's right neck and neck with 205 Live right now and ahead of NXT. Those are the three best shows on – those are the three best TV shows. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't even think it's particularly close. I mean I know people think Raw is this great show this year. I think that that idea is a little bit overrated. I thought Raw was underrated to an extent last year, and I think it's overrated in 2018. I mean Raw has been fine, but it's just been fine. I mean people are, oh my god, Raw is on fire. No, it's not. It's, it's a three-hour show. That it's never going to be on fire because it's three hours. That's just the reality. If it goes to Fox and it's two hours, let's talk. But a three-hour Raw is never going to be a great show because there's going to be so much filler. Uh, SmackDown stinks. Um, you know, th- those are the three best shows. You know, Impact is what it is. It's just a fucking. It's it's the two-star special of wrestling shows. Is exactly what Impact is right now. Um, it's inoffensive, but it doesn't fucking get your juices flowing. Right, like you'll watch it if you have nothing else to do, but like you're gonna maybe choose something else to do you know what i mean like if you have the opportunity to do something else instead of watching it you probably will but if like you've reached the end and you're like whatever i i you know i just i just want to sit on the couch and watch something for an hour you'll put on impact yeah and you'll be fine with it you won't feel like you wasted that hour but you need that hour to already be like an hour that you've decided or or two hours or whatever that you've decided 
I'm not doing anything. I just want to sit and do something. But if you got anything else in the world to do, you're going to probably find a way to do it. Which is fine. That's you know, that's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. We all get that way, but it's like, yeah, it's, you don't seek out an impact. You don't I've clear got, your schedule for it. No, you don't. It's 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 background noise, or you're not offended if you're an hour in and you have something else to do. You know, it's like you're not. It's not going to hold you on the couch. I count four matches on this show though that that have the potential to be great, and if you can say that then it's a show worth watching because Flip Gordon Hiromu, Hung Bucks versus SoCal Uncensored, the Guns versus the Briscoes, and I'll even say Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal. They all have a chance to be four stars or better. Am I being unfair? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, not at all. Would, any of that, would, would, any of, would it shock you if any of those matches crossed that threshold? <sighs> of those, no. No, I don't think so. Would it shock you if Cody Taven crossed into four stars? Yes, 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 me, yes me too. Punishment Martinez Squirrel. Mm, yeah, probably. I think, I'm, the, I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna enjoy that match, but I don't know that it's necessarily gonna be I was just gonna say that. That's the kind of match where you're you're perfectly fine if it's three stars, if it's if it's fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, but I don't think it's gonna be one where I'm like, oh, that was four stars. You know now, what I mean? If like, the, now if they're not on the same page, it could be bad. Right, 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 right. See punishment Martinez versus uh Soberano Jr. from CMLL from the New York show. Oh, sorry. I, I, you, you broke up a little bit there. What were you saying? Did you see the Punishment Martinez versus Soberano Jr. match from the New York show? I did not, no. Strong contender for worst match of the year. Really? Between those they, two? They had Okay, I guess you didn't yeah. read about this or see this or look at any of the gifts. Apparently, the, the CMLL guys got there five minutes before the show started. Oh, <laughs> well, that'll do it. Yeah, that's, that's so going to be tough. Yeah. They had no time oh, to that's... plan anything or work out a match. And there are just every spot is a fucking train wreck. And, and it's, it's so bad that it's comical. I'm talking about Sobrano like doing these dives and Punishment Martinez just no selling the dives, but not on purpose. Oh, I'm looking at the gifts now. Coming. Oh, boy. This is. Yeah. There's one where he just steps out of the way and the guy fucking is like a crash test dummy and nearly kills himself. It's just. It'll probably win worst match of the year. It's it's unless people forget about it because it happened so early. And it's just horrendous. So is that official that they showed up like five minutes before? Yes, according okay, to Meltzer. Because I'm, yeah. I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at the gifts and a lot of people are obviously blaming Punishment Martinez for for kind of stiffing him on that. But it's like yeah, if you show up five minutes before, it's your fault, not the guy. That... Just, yeah, I mean they were just not. I think they just weren't on the same page. There was probably a language barrier, and they just didn't have a chance to fucking plan anything out or talk about their match. Yeah, because if you show up five minutes before, you're a piece of shit. So. Well, no, no, no. I don't know if it. Now, listen. I don't think it was their fault. I think there was like travel issues and stuff. Oh, okay. Like that. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was uh, like we don't give a shit, so we'll just show up. No, okay. no, 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 no. It was. Got uh, it. Got it. Okay. 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 Yeah, it, there were travel issues. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fine. So, Sorry, I apologize to the, the great Silverano. I apologize. To... It's nobody's fault. It's just okay. it, there were travel issues, and it just it, you can see what happens when guys who don't work the same style and don't speak the same language. And I have no idea if Punishment Martinez speaks Spanish or the other guy speaks English. Well, like we said, we take it for granted. We take it for granted how, and a lot of people mention that. A lot of people are like, ah, whatever, you know, and we've heard it from wrestlers as well, that wrestling is kind of this universal language. I still, every single time I see a guy that I know doesn't know a language, wrestle a guy that I know doesn't know what that guy speaks, get in the ring and have like great match. I never understand how that works. Me neither. I'm Having gone to a foreign country and just tried to do basic stuff when there was like a language barrier. Yeah. Just ordering something, you know what I mean? Like or getting a bus ticket or whatever. I see and how hard it is just to do that. Yeah, and, and I'm using basic them. words. Yeah. And like, 
You weren't asking the bus driver to drop you on your head and not <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. Like I wasn't yeah. trusting the bus driver to 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 do whatever he needed to my body to make it look like and like you know what I mean. Like it's just nuts to think that. Like it's just insane. Yeah. These guys can get in the ring and be like, yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out as we go. Like, dude. Like, how do you? I, so there are times when this already happens, and it's like, yeah, this is what should probably happen more. But wrestlers are such freaks, and they're so good at what they do that we don't see this all the time. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah, I always uh. Yeah, I'm looking at the gifts here. This is <laughs> I kind of want to watch this match now. Is this? Yeah, go go find it. It's, does it it's, get any better, or is it like no. just is always a train wreck? No, it's just horrendous. Okay, no part of it's ever good. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, even when they're on the same page, like he gives them like a head scissors into the ropes, like punishment. Martinez like takes a bad bump. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's holding the wrong part of his back. Yeah, this is this yeah. is yeah, this is. <laughs> it's just bad. one of them things, you know. <laughs> I just, really want to watch this. And to be fair, and here's the thing, this is why I say. It for a company we bang on a lot. The WWE working standard is higher than it's ever been. You never see this in WWE. No, nobody shits the bed anymore at all. You never see anyone shit the bed. I mean, the worst you get in WWE is a boring match. People do not shit the bed. They just they're just boring sometimes. It's just a, a match doesn't land or doesn't hold your attention, or there's no action. But no one shits the bed anymore. That's the perfect way to put it. You don't see this really in New Japan either. No, but especially WWE. Like, there's a certain floor. The floor is very high. At worst, you're getting a Curtis Axel one-star match, which is boring. That's, you know, you don't have that. You're never getting that in WWE. Not even in NXT, really. No, nobody shits the bed anymore. I mean, that, that's I mean not tough. to that extent. I mean, every now and then you'll get inexperienced. Like, Carmella had some really bad NXT matches, but they're three minutes long, you know, and then... You know, and they can edit out a lot of the shit too. Yeah, and you rarely get that anymore, anyway. So yeah, it's just a really fucking terrible match. All right, and let's get to our final uh, topic here. As we got about about fifteen minutes left to go in the show, uh, the All In show. So we now finally have a venue, and it was you know I'm, I'm a little biased here because I'm excited about this, but uh, we rumored about it, and this is a, a venue that I don't know if you remember. I mentioned that would it be a possibility. It's not in Chicago, so that could be an issue. It's kind of you know about 40 minutes northwest of Chicago, but all in. Uh, obviously, the the independent show produced by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks uh, officially announced as being taking place in the Sears Center, which is in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. As I mentioned, that's about 40 minutes northwest of Chicago. So if, if you're trying to Say you're going to the show, you don't want to stay in Chicago because there's no way to public trans your way to the Hoffman Estates unless you're going to get a car. So if you're going to come for the show from somewhere else, I'm telling you now, get get a car <laughs> or, or stay somewhere in the suburbs or whatever because you're not going to be able to stay in downtown Chicago and take a subway or a train or whatever. You, it's going to be a disaster to try to get there by public trans. So that, that could be an issue, but I feel like a lot of people are going to adjust and, and figure it out, and it's not going to be that big of a deal. But a good idea is a big arena. Uh, TNA's ran this a, a few times. Uh, Impact ran it for some house shows as well. I think that's the only wrestling that's taking place on it. The Windy City Bulls, like the Chicago Bulls G League team plays there, but it's a relatively new arena, maybe 10 years old or so. Really enjoy it. Really good venue. Really nice. Solid will definitely fit over 10,000. So that's going to, of course, be the goal with this entire thing. But really like this this choice. I mean, I'm very close to it. So that's pretty cool. Um, what are your thoughts on All In being announced officially in the Chicago area at this arena? And then we'll get a little bit more into the thoughts of, okay, now we got the arena. We know when it's going to happen September 1st, Labor Day weekend. We got some of the details. Now let's start. Is it, it, is it a thing? Is this 10K a possibility? And we'll talk about David Bixen's band did a great job on Deadspin sort of going over uh, past. 10k shows that were not WB or WCW produced and how few of them there actually are but in this moment right now Joe 
thoughts on on the on the venue, the pick, thoughts on going to Chicago, and then thoughts on the possible the possibility of of, of getting ten thousand people. No problem with Chicago. It's centralized, and I think um, you know it's a cheap flight from a lot of different places, and driving distance from a lot of cities. It's a good choice. I mean, it's better than putting it on a coast, you know. Um, you know, especially with New Japan already running Long Beach with a lot of the same people. Um, you know, so it, it, you know New York expensive to, to travel to and stay in. Um, so yeah, you know Chicago is a good pick. I think that ten thousand is doable. Um, I'm, I'm, we've talked about it before, but I'm fairly confident they can do it. Would it shock me if they didn't? No, because ten thousand is hard. It's hard to draw ten thousand people. Um, WWE doesn't always draw ten thousand people. It's not an easy number to do. So um, you, you can't say it's a lock or anything like that, but it won't be for lack of effort. And um, I know they're going to put a lot of effort into it. They're going to they're going to go all in. And um, you know, I'm I, I think I'm rooting for it. I think everyone should root for it. I think if a self made show like this um, can draw ten thousand fans, then there's you know you know there's there's I think it would be eye opening for everyone. And um, I'm, I'm pulling for them and I hope it does well. Fuck. I hope they sell it out. Yeah. You know, that would be, that would be tremendous. And I, I do think they're going to get a lot of out of towners. So the possibility of doing it really I mean, just from people I know, there's a ton of people coming from out of town. Yeah. The, the majority of people I know that are coming do not live near me or live in Chicago at all. Like, and that's again, that's my bubble or whatever, but like just seeing in our little bubble, I mean, there are tons of people who are already saying, yeah, I'm coming. No doubt. And that's going to be what's going to be interesting because I think a lot of people and, and and they've sort of marketed it that way and they're going to, I'm sure, hit it a little bit harder, but it's very much the sort of guerrilla marketing of, hey, let's do this. Like, let's show that you can do this. Let's show that you can do this without WWE. Let's show that we can do this as a collective, as wrestling fans or whatever. And that's what it is. It's like all I, the all in is, is, you know, they're all in. The wrestlers are all in, but it's kind of the fans are all in, too. It's like, let's do this. Thing. Let's 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 make history on this night. And that's cool. Yeah. There's investment there. Yeah, that's what we thought when it was announced. Like there would be people who would want to be part of history. Yeah, uh, you know, or, or part of. They're going to draw people based on 